how has your week been? Uh, pretty good, you know, working on stuff. And uh, yeah, long weekend, and now uh, I'm really tired because of the time change. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which usually wouldn't affect me that bad. I mean, it's Saturday, Sunday. It's not like I'm getting up to yeah. go to church or anything. Uh, but yeah, I stayed up really mm-hmm. late last night. And so this morning is like, oh, it, it is different now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're essentially recording this uh, 15 minutes earlier than we normally would. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's all it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it'll I work guess. out. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. How could it go wrong? We're going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you were talking about how uh, you haven't gone to church or haven't had it to had to go to church, mm-hmm. but uh, as revealed on the last episode, I am part of the uh, my mm-hmm. local duck church. That's right. And yeah. uh, also another thing we just glossed over last time: I'm a reformed cannibal. Uh, we just oh wow yeah I barely didn't... mentioned that last time, but you know it is Good point. it is what it is. It's not really that interesting. Most people don't even ask me about it. But uh, but yeah, so I've, uh, I've I've been working at the the Duck Church, uh, retired Duck banker, and moved mm-hmm. on. Um, and uh, yeah, I've I've gone over there, and so in the Duck community, mm-hmm. it works a little bit differently. So the the big service instead of Sunday is on Saturdays. So I did have to get up for that, and uh, but it's fine because I have my Sundays free. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you like, which is good. Yeah, yeah, because I can't have anything interfere with the podcast. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is like I, you, my church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Where I come to worship at the altar of pop culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, I've like set aside so many major surgeries that I really need um, because it would interfere with the podcast. So, so you, you schedule yeah, those for Sundays? Well, I mean, they try to schedule those gotcha. on Sundays just to like work with my uh, with my schedule, you know, mm-hmm. in my life as a duck clergyman yeah and what people don't really know too is duck clergymen get a uh, a pretty good healthcare package um because oh yeah carl be in heaven but that's true yeah uh granted it be so i think and guess what we ain't paying taxes hey you don't pay taxes hell no and this is a real religion you can join yes absolutely yeah. absolutely just send me a self-addressed stamp envelope and i will send you all the information <laughs> just throw it in the mail just address it to brent hibbard mm-hmm. and uh, i'll get it i'll get it yep i'll send it back to you i'll send you some info <laughs> carl will make it so <laughs> uh-huh. don't get it there and then uh and then yeah it's not like you're gonna make anything up you're definitely gonna get the literature that you have at the duck church and uh and get that and send that out to people so that they can too partake in the duckiness yeah absolutely yeah we've got pamphlets we've got flyers flyers we've got i get it uh-huh duck, yeah duck flyers quack, quack. yeah right yeah yeah, That's a good one. Uh, and, uh, and and speaking of which, like the head of our religion doesn't like to be photographed, but uh, our listener and uh, and one time guest host Daniel Sanchez did draw uh, his interpretation of the the duck pope. Um, oh yeah, and uh, you know I'll, we'll we'll put that out there on on our social media just so people can can take a look at it, get an idea in their brains of of what uh, this character might look like, but. Uh, yeah, so you can't actually yeah, look one of those, one of those things. directly at them, um, but you have artists that help out so that the world can see what they're like behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. It's like when uh, when you have a an artist go into a courtroom, like they won't allow cameras, but they'll allow artists to go in there. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't know if the uh, the Quackigan uh, contacted Daniel and allowed him to to enter one of their services to where he could draw the, uh, yeah. the duck Pope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it was, it was out there. Yeah. And it's 
it's just cool. It's just cool that we know someone involved in that situation and uh, he can mm-hmm. share that with the world. So, absolutely, it's kind of like absolutely. you know we're kind of jumping the gun, but in Captain Marvel, there's the thing called the Supreme Intelligence that no one can actually mm-hmm. see their true form. It's kind of like that. Like mm-hmm. I think that was almost a hint at the, the duck clergy community in this movie too, which is like why you know that this is real because it was in a movie. Yeah, absolutely. And um, in the comics, there's also a super supreme intelligence, which mm-hmm. has black olives and uh, mushrooms. So <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool. Interesting. So it's like I got an yeah. earthy feel. Yeah. Bring it yeah, back down. Really. And uh, yeah, they you know they they put a little extra butter on the crust and everything. Oh, okay. So uh, I think. I think it's pretty much just a pizza. Oh, in the comics. interesting. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, no, never link those two together. Well, there, there you go. It's fine. I mean, like that's fine. Um, it's, it's trying to give the world things that they like, uh, that they can understand. And, uh, mm-hmm. Supreme pizzas, man. People love those. So. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me for my, my voice cracking. I was, uh, <laughs> up late last night. Uh, I went out, with uh with ross uh, former guest host oh, of this podcast uh today is his birthday actually when we're recording this so happy birthday happy ross birthday. but we uh we went out did an escape room and then we got some food and uh went over to his house and uh, uh just started shouting like a, a mad person mm-hmm. um because you know what i already you know uh prayed off all of my uh duck forgiveness mm. so now it's time to raise hell again you know build up another yeah. week's worth of it's meant you're meant to cycle <laughs> deviant behavior <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun though um have you done an escape room before yeah i actually, <laughs> I actually did my first one last weekend oh there uh, you go so I, i've done the back to back the first one i did with my uh my co-workers at the uh, the duck church and then uh mm. uh they're really not very helpful. They can't really open any locks or uh, yeah. speak English or really do much of anything. But we went in <laughs> there good, as a, a, good as a group, group of guys. And, yeah, yeah, I guess, it, it I guess. was good. It was a good time. Uh, and uh, yeah, the the one that we did last night was very uh, elaborate okay. and uh, super impressed with it. So it was just it was crazy. So yeah, um, we had tried to do one of those, or like I guess my team had done one of those. Uh, my last job. But I was gone that day for some reason. I was either sick or I was already out of town or something like that. And then uh, they all had a good time and, like, sent pictures of it. And I was like, oh, man, that would really be cool. We were going to do another one months later. And my uh, boss was pregnant. And she had her baby that morning. And we had to cancel. So I've never been to one. Two different times wow. I had the opportunity. But I've always wanted to go. They seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Well, hey, you should come up here. Okay. <laughs> Just drive all the way up here. <laughs> so I can get locked in a room and escape. Yeah, sounds absolutely. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to say, when I called the place and uh, tried to cancel that morning, and I was like, well, uh, my boss bought the tickets, and she's having a baby right now. They they seemed very, like, they did not believe me. Uh, oh, really? I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is really happening. This is a true thing. We can reschedule. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, they, they didn't seem to believe me. So, And they had to come up to the hospital and check out the baby they had to do like swabs for both the mother and the infant. Well, uh, just to verify. I think also they were trying to get lessons because that baby escaped the closest room of all. Ooh, wow! Right, deep. <laughs> and I think on that note, we're doing yeah. it. We should sure. get into it. So I am Stephen Marvell Fisher, and I am Brent Goose the Cat the Human Hibbard. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Today we're going to talk about 
2019's very own Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It just came out this weekend, and uh, you and I both went to go see it. This is the latest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh, yeah, so we, we both went to go see it, and we are going to talk about it. Likely spoiler-free before mm. we jump into spoilers, but just in case you haven't seen it yet, uh, feel free to pause it yep. uh, at any time, go watch it, and then come back to this podcast. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, I'm also excited that you gave me the, Mar- the name Marvel in there. I, uh, but I saw it, too, so I could actually read that this morning. Because it, yeah. it was it's mm-hmm. a tough morning, could have been bad, um, but that's good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're also going to talk about uh, Avengers, the comic again, which I'm excited about. So, yes, yes, yes. Are you ready to do that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So we're uh, we're going to talk about issue 14 of the Avengers, and uh, this issue is also written by Jason Aaron, just like all the others, with David Marquez on the line art, and uh, Justin Ponser and Eric Arsenega. On color art with Corey Pettit on letters. I memorized all that stuff nice. because my Comixology app is <laughs> slowly, slowly coming up. But uh, this nice. is the issue that picks up back in the present. So um, the the last issue that took place in the present, Blade joined the Avengers. And this issue picks up with that where um, it essentially this issue is a bunch of vampire attacks around the mm-hmm. world and different uh, pairings of the Avengers are trying to halt these attacks and uh, something happened to where um, the vampires are fleeing from Transylvania and going all over the the world trying to attack these different places to essentially establish their new uh, kingdom or mm-hmm. whatever they're they're fleeing their uh, their homelands to try to find uh, a new place to live which is fitting for this episode where we're talking about mm-hmm. a certain movie that's right. <laughs> Fast and Furious, baby. <laughs> it was all a trick. <laughs> a bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, so but, uh, I, I had a question yeah, real quick, though, because uh, besides mm-hmm. you know knowing Blade was part of the Marvel Universe, um, this is like, it was surprising to me that um, it's all about vampires and stuff. Is, is that just like mm-hmm. one aspect of the Marvel Universe that's like kind of in the background, like they don't touch on it a lot except for those books? Or is this kind of happened before with the Avengers? Um, not necessarily with the Avengers, but yeah, the, the vampires or vampires and, and, uh, monsters do exist in the Marvel mm. universe. So, um, yeah, like most of the time they, they show up, Blade is involved, mm-hmm. uh, almost to the point where a vampire shows up and like, Blade, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, what did I do? <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So even if mm-hmm. it's almost like Blade, it's like... I think you're bringing this down on us, man. If you weren't around, uh-huh. maybe it would just like calm down a little bit. I don't know. I'm just right. throwing it out there. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's on him. A you little know, bit, like, right? He, he's, he's the one that's supposed to take him out. So yeah. maybe he's not doing such a great job, which is why yeah. <laughs> another set of characters come in. So we've got uh, the Shadow Colonel and his mm-hmm. Legion of the Unliving. And uh, it's a bunch of like undead I, I, I guess they're all vampires, but um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, uh, five characters plus a like dog whose head is a giant skull, which is pretty mm-hmm. rad. Yeah, it is. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so they are essentially doing Blade's job for him, uh, and uh, they have a, a rivalry of some mm-hmm. sort uh, with Blade. So yeah, it's uh, uh, a bunch of. Uh, vampire killing action here uh we see 
Blade and, and Captain Marvel on uh, a Roxxon air flight. Uh, they're, the vampires are trying to crash, and uh, both of them are trying to stop. Blade whips out some nunchucks with some kick-ass, like, curved blades on the end of mm-hmm. them. Silver blades. And, uh, I guess silver, right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty badass. Oh, just like the Christmas song. <laughs> silver blades. I'm surprised you brought that up. Yeah, your love of silver Christmas. Silver blades. It's the only part of Christmas that I, I truly enjoy. <laughs> You know the part where Blade shows up and kills the vampire? Yeah, like, that's the best part of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brent's Christmas can be whatever he wants, man. You know? Yeah. You do you. Everybody tailors it to their own taste, right? Yeah, there you go. And that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want you to have like uh, like references to that from now on at your Christmas parties. Like just a picture of the first <laughs> year. And then like maybe you guys do like a tribute the second year to like, you know, this mm-hmm. event. Uh, maybe like one year you have his nunchucks there that you like made out of foil and other like nunchucks, yeah. you know, and you're like, they're silver guys, but like people know it's your dream, you know, like just, I, I want, I want you to have some joy at Christmas basically. And if vampires, and whenever, at, whenever we're hosting Christmas and the family's gathered in the living room, there's a rapid tap tapping on the door. <laughs> I open it. And I'm like, who is this? Why, it's Sticky Fingers, who <laughs> portrayed Blade on the TV show. Wait, what that TV was on show? FX. It was the Blade TV show. There was a, a television oh, wow. series. Yeah, I, I couldn't get snipes, but Sticky Fingers. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't feel like I affordable. remember that. That's interesting. I have to think yeah. if I remember like seeing that came out or whatever. Was that like right after the movie? Um, Right after, well, a, a few years after uh, Blade trinity okay yeah yeah Makes that was sense. the third one right yeah um so after the you know the good one yeah <laughs> sticky fingers is that is uh-huh there's yeah. um oof, there's a restaurant near uh my wife's parents house called sticky fingers cajun restaurant and uh i can't eat there i can't eat oh. at a place called sticky fingers i wonder if he works there maybe it's his now i'm kind of like wondering like i always wondered like where they got that name and now i'm like oh cool obviously mm-hmm. it's his restaurant <laughs> Wait, is there a guy walking around dressed like Blade? Um, I, I have never been there. I've been near it. So maybe I need to oh, like, take okay. a closer look. Yeah, you might go in there. I, I think I should but, now. But if you do it, make sure that you know it's during the day and you don't have your vampire, your fake vampire teeth. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. Like, with you. Yeah. I don't want to start like a ruckus. Yeah. Because uh, maybe it's like still embedded. Yeah, that he's or maybe he's maybe it's real. I don't know. Maybe vampires are real. I'm not really sure, guys. I mean, who knows at this point, you know, I, I don't, I haven't seen one, but I haven't seen a million dollars. I learned that from the Santa Claus. <laughs> so <laughs> the classic Santa Claus defense, <laughs> but back to the comic, um, back, uh, yes. I, I, I thought this was pretty rad. This book, um, I mm-hmm. love vampire stuff. And uh, so that's kind of why I was wondering about Marvel and stuff. It's one of the kind of books that I didn't expect to see all the vampire stuff making its way in there. Um, I I do stand by my defense or my my saying that uh, I think this follows Blade around because there's a part in the book where someone's like, you're kind of like one of us, but you're failing your job. but You're not really an Avenger. And I was like, this didn't happen until he became an Avenger. Like he was already like they like broke him out or whatever. But like. I feel like mm-hmm. he's kind of the catalyst of this. When he showed up, it's like, oh, vampires are not far behind. And sure enough, they're trying to take over the world now. So. Okay, sure. I think it follows him around. But uh, yeah, there, but I thought it was cool. there was an, an X Men storyline, man, like 
eight nine years ago where there was like another vampire outbreak and <sighs> blade was i think a, a small part of that but mm. but yeah anytime blade shows up it's just like well i guess we know what we're gonna spend the next 14 hours doing having to <laughs> wipe the asses of all these <laughs> vampires <laughs> Uh, that's an interesting drawing too. And he had to wipe all those asses. Oh yeah. I mean, like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, they exactly. had, uh, Charmin as a co-sponsor <laughs> for those issues. It was a weird crossover, but it worked, you know, it really worked. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, comic books are made out of paper. Toilet paper is made out of paper. There you, go. I mean, you know, yeah. It's perfect. And by, by <laughs> out of paper, I mean like magazine paper. Like that's what I use. Yeah. Know? It's really like get in there. <laughs> That just sounds so uncomfortable. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> think about it anymore. Um, <laughs> so remind me. This is one of the things I, I have trouble with. Like you were saying, uh, memorizing mm-hmm. the people that are involved in the comics and everything. Is the art for this one um, was that the same as the last issue or the or the last modern issue? Do you remember? Oh, that's a Cause good I, question. Because I liked the art in this a lot. I I, I just recognized it here, mm-hmm. but I'm like I might have just missed it on the last one. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I don't, I don't recall. It was either Ed McGinnis or, um, David Marquez, Mm -hmm. as far as the line art goes. Um, it was one of those. That's cool. I, (laughs) all of that, I just, just bringing it up because I don't really, uh, it's one of the things I forget to like check or like, I still don't have like a, uh, I can't look at someone's style and be like, oh yeah, that's like so much different all the time. But, uh, there's some really cool, cool shots in this. Um, specifically whenever they get to, uh, uh, page nine. Um, there's like this scene of them kind of like Iron Man and Black Panther both using like daylight that they've stored to uh, do kind of like oh, yeah. a hand explosion um, to kill all the vampires around them and it just looks fucking badass it's like them just like glowing and there's like uh, vampires essentially just being like turned to dust around them it's pretty rad so it almost looks like they're trying to give every one of them like high fives yeah. and then they're all just like no <laughs> Oh, you know crap. Allergic. We killed them all. Oh, damn it. I just wanted to high fives. <laughs> <laughs> Always happens that way. Great power, man. Yeah. It's great responsibility. Absolutely. I was going to say it if you didn't. Yeah. Um, actually, the sure. the last issue uh, was the one where um, T'Challa is gathering his, like, Wakandan guard. Mm. So it had um, Gorilla Man and, uh, and Shuri and all of that stuff were... Uh, we're coming together, Captain Britain, to mm-hmm. be part of his um, secret Avengers team. Yeah, okay. Right so on, right on. a little bit different. But, um, but yeah, so this one, yeah, the, the various Avengers groups go through and are stopping these vampires. Eventually, the Shadow Colonel shows up where uh, Captain America and Thor are, and uh, they eventually take him uh, captive, and uh, they hold him in the intestinal level, of the mm. giant celestial that they're staying in. That was weird. Uh, and I really, I really like this this headquarters because it's just like so <laughs> odd and gross, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, he's in this holding cell, and Blade goes in there to interrogate him. Uh, eventually, Blade gets pissed off and uh, attacks the guy. And uh, uh, eventually, the the Shadow Colonel is able to break free of his restraints mm. and. Um, the 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 dog character I can't remember what its name was yeah I don't know but uh, that dog shows up in the uh, the garage where Robbie Reyes aka Ghost Rider is sitting with his car and uh, he makes him catch on fire he has some type of 
con- like health control ability. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know what's going on because that's the the last shot we see um, for for the Ghost Rider part. That's a cool shot too. Um, where they draw him just like on the like kneeling on the ground, just like engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty oh, badass. Yeah. yeah, and then like that dog with the skull face looming in the background. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Uh, ironically, that's how we uh, do prayers at Duck Church as Interesting. well. Is uh, you just kneel on the ground and just com- combust into flames violently. But you're okay. So, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm kind of you know, like Robbie Reyes. I, yeah, yeah. You you heal up a little bit over time. Okay. So yeah, and develop a thick skin at your church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the the main connection is there's like howard the duck is in the marvel universe Mm -hmm. right and i'm going to a duck church so there's some type of connection i figure like once i pay a little bit more money and i'm able to move up in the levels of the duck church i'll probably figure that out Mm -hmm. but for right now i've like pretty much exhausted my bank account yeah for for where i am so i just i just don't have that knowledge yet yeah but eventually i'll i'll get there you know so i'm taking out uh like three extra mortgages on my house but like i think it's gonna be worth it Brent, so. I, I was behind you on this uh, duck church thing, but now I'm wondering: is it cool, more thanks, like? Man. Is it anyway. wait? Is it more like duck Scientology? Huh? No, I mean, come on. There's, there's, it's a lot different than that. Okay, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's just. Wait, I I feel like you're like putting some weird energy out there. I'm, I'm sorry. gonna have to go take a like an e meter reading again. Mm-hmm. So, um, was. Was this religion founded by someone, I don't know, like Elron Mallard? Yeah. Oh, so you've heard of him. Okay. Oh, Brent. Mm-hmm. He's Elron Hubbard's cousin. The Mallards oh, and the Hubbards God. are cousins. Wait. My last name is Hibbard. It's close. I feel like there there might be a connection. And the Marvel I feel like thing, there's a reason I was, I, was, <laughs> I was sought out. Well, I'm also wondering, are you a superhero or will you be one someday? Is that like, are they trying to get you early? Um, probably not. I, I just looked down at my at my gut and I was like, nah. <laughs> nah, son. <laughs> not likely. <laughs> Maybe you'll be like, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Peter Parker's friend. You could be the guy behind the guy. The, oh, the, at the, the computer. The, the man in the chair? <laughs> yeah, the man in the chair. <laughs> yeah. So there's... Uh, We'll talk about that again later because I, I want to make okay. sure that you're safe uh, and you have uh, good goals and that uh, that's making you happy. And if it's making you happy, that's fine. But I just want to make sure that it's not like a pyramid scheme that you're in. No, I. it's like it's an upside down like triangle <laughs> and we just like work our way up. So, I mean, it's totally different. OK, totally yeah, different, but it's upside down. Yeah, I don't. Different. OK, I feel like we're like getting off track. Yeah. So maybe we just. You know, take it back to to the comic because we're almost okay, done. My bad. Then we can talk about the movie, right? So, so um, at the end of the comic, we uh, are at the Russian-Ukrainian border, and we've got two of the Winter Guard characters: the uh, the one that looks like a red Captain America, and then uh, this blonde lady. <laughs> I don't remember their names. <laughs> yeah, it's all kind of generic. But, um, yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're literally standing post, uh, watching the border and, uh, they see something through binoculars in the distance. Uh, um, somebody is approaching up the road and, uh, they fly over there to see who it is, who could be approaching the Russian border. And you turn the page and the final page ends with Dracula. And he's like uh, trying to find 
a new uh, or he's seeking seeking sovereignty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that right? No, seeking is asylum. That, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, and he looks he's old said, as fuck. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. hell but it was yeah. cool. So he <laughs> he was ran out of Transylvania, so he's trying to find a new place to live, and uh, he's like, oh, "Won't you please be my daddy?" Is that? Wait, I'm gonna reread this in that voice now. Uh, that was totally different than I imagined, but I'm I think you're right, and uh, it makes it yeah. much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of get it. He's like, mm, "Just put me up, mm, take care of me." You know, he just wants to make sure he's not gonna be hurt. Yeah, he's got a cane. What could he yeah. do? Come on, guys. He's an old man. Yeah, with a he can big do shit. Cloak. He looks pretty cool yeah. though. Um, I like again. I, I like. Superhero. I like uh, vampire things. I like Dracula. And uh, this is a pretty cool version of Dracula. I'm excited to see more about this. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially because he's acting like, he's like, I'm an old man in the humble twilight of my life. It's like, I think you, I imagine like most Dracula myths, you uh, you murdered a bunch of people and ate them. Mm-hmm. So like, don't act like, oh, I'm fine. I just retired. Well, your job was eating people. Yeah. So like, there's still that to deal with. We're not going to let that go just because you're old. He knows what he did. I, okay, I like just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to sweep yeah. it under the rug. So, um, no. but yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was a cool ending. I'm, I like this storyline. Um, they show for, uh, I, I just saw this on uh, the next week or next, yeah, next issue or whatever, number 15. Mm-hmm. They show uh, that group again, the uh, Legion of the, of the Unliving. Uh, and they show the dog with a skull and he's giving a thumbs up, which confuses me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's giving a thumbs up or like gesturing back at, at okay. Ghost Rider, but either way, it's, uh, it's weird. Like, why does why he have thumbs? <laughs> so it was more to meets the eye than that for that guy. Absolutely. Uh, uh, ooh, Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I think that might have just been like a, a fun thing that David Marquez threw in mm-hmm. there um, because why not? Why not just have that hand in there? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. there was a, sure. yeah. an alternate version of this where that hand wasn't gesturing back yeah, and giving right. the thumbs up. Um, and I think there's also an alternate version where uh, that dog has a, uh, like a long skinny cigarette coming out of his <laughs> oh, mouth. Oh, yeah. As well, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe like a John Waters mustache with like the cigarette like oh a, on the God. end of one of those tubes. I don't know what those are. They're like hold, the cigarette holder. Yeah, like Cruella DeVille has. Yeah, yeah. They just wanted to like make yeah. him look real creepy on this. Gave mm-hmm. him a thumb. Yeah. But then they were like, we got to scale it back. We can keep the thumb. We got to get rid of the rest of it. So that's cool. They ended up <laughs> yeah. with yeah. I'm down with it. But yeah, I thought, this, I thought yeah. this book was cool. I liked it. Um, I uh, I thought some of the art was neat. Um, I also, I'll probably get into this a little bit when we talk about Captain Marvel, but um, I had been watching uh, some of the Avengers movies and stuff leading up to uh, Captain Marvel. And uh, having seen uh, the Avengers again, uh, this is kind of a similar story how Loki like wants to get caught because he's like setting a plan in motion. And this is like that guy, uh, wanting to get caught and they're kind of like where, what's going on. And then everybody's just like, wait, where's this dog? And not realizing the dog is like causing some, some mischief in the background. So, um, right. I thought it was like a good familiar type of story that I was like, Oh, that you should not just bring that guy. If he's like, Oh, I'll just go with you guys. It's like, that's not a good idea. He's planning something. <laughs> It was a, I like that story. Um, so I was down with that. But uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of yeah. cool. And I'm, they're definitely doing some weird stuff with Ghost Rider, um, kind of invoking the the spirit um, outside of what he wants or, or, or what the Ghost Rider wants, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. 
and going to make him do something because there's like a portable hell in his trunk. There's a lot that uh, mm-hmm. I was finding out in this book. I don't think I quite realized yeah. that before. So, but uh, yeah, but it was that's rad. that's something that you, that you get from the new Ghost Rider that you couldn't from the old one because he rode a motorcycle. Mm. And unless he was like, "You've got a portal to hell in your saddlebag," yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> Fucking hard to get into, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine like there's a whole scene of like him shoving heads in there, like get in there, mm-hmm. get past the shoulders, get in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't have well, the same. It all comes comes back to your favorite phrase from the fast and furious franchise it's just pop the trunk you know pop the trunk i thought you were gonna say yep. one one quarter mile at a time i was like wait well i guess <laughs> yeah ghost rider totally totally fits uh, i think that's what they should do with the uh the 10th and final fast and furious movie is like ghost rider this version of ghost rider just shows up oh sure. for no reason they're just like why not just throw him in there and they really like that's when they do the crossover because I mm-hmm. feel like we don't really know what's going to come in Marvel's Phase 4, and they've talked about how it's just going to get weirder, like more cosmic, like Guardians of the Galaxy type stuff and Captain Marvel stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So why not just make the crossover then and just be like... It's like when the Sony hack happened a few years ago, and they were like, yeah, we're working on a 21 Jump Street uh, Men in Black crossover, and I was like, I'm actually okay with that. I would watch that. That seems like fucking crazy. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, I would be totally down with like the series just crossed over. They're going to bring in fucking X-Men by that point. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy go for it what if universal was like look marvel we have the film rights to the hulk locked up yeah, we right. will give you those <laughs> yes if you let us have ghost rider for this one final movie yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty amazing i would like that uh that yeah. deal too yeah hollywood make it happen it i mean it makes sense mm-hmm. like we can probably get this thing done i'll make some calls after we're done recording okay. cool 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 yeah good yeah yeah all right, cool. So that is uh, the Avengers issue 14. We will do issue 15 next week and uh, hopefully get caught up in time for War of the Realms, which happens mm. next month in April. So that should be pretty exciting. Yes. And uh, yeah, so we'll uh, transition over to movie talk mm. then. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and talk about Captain Marvel. And again, we'll do spoiler free mm. for right now and then uh, jump into spoilers a little bit later. So um, first of all, I put on social media that we were going to talk about Captain Marvel and hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> responded Ignore and they're like, please tell us about your theater experience. Yes. It is pivotal. People love it. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it adds something different to our reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, did you go to your normal theater? I was wondering the Warren. No, uh, actually, we went to the Cinemark in uh, Broken Arrow. It was uh, a, a little bit of a drive, but not anything too crazy. I mean, like the the one from by my house is literally a, a five minute drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is uh, maybe about like fifteen or so. So not not terrible. But uh, I tried to buy tickets for uh, the Warren mm-hmm. showing, but all of the uh, the times were like weird. Like they didn't have a whole uh, they didn't have a great selection of. Mm. movie times which i was surprised by because it's a a major release mm-hmm. I, I figured they'd have more theaters showing this but no it was wasn't uh wasn't a ton of them did you do the 3d or no 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 we just did the uh the regular okay i was curious because sometimes you try those um the 3ds like the the first time you go i, I didn't even realize this was in 3d until uh i saw like the credits that had uh mm-hmm. like some 3d artists working on or whatever um but yeah, so that's uh, that's interesting that they would have like weird times for that though. 
maybe they're part of the troll mm-hmm. community trying to like knock down that audience score Warren. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised Ugh. that or I had a very specific time frame I had to see this movie and uh, nothing accommodated me. <laughs> That's bullshit. It should have been that one. <laughs> but you know what? It's probably probably it's fucking probably, haters yeah. on, uh, on the internet. Uh, those fuckers. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, so theater experience. I also went to a, a Cinemark, um, the, one of the oh. main ones we go to. Um, I would say mine, for the most part, was okay. I was in a good mood, so and we went early, but uh, mm. there's a lot of people there, a lot of kids and stuff, so some of them were funny, like during the previews and stuff. There, I don't know what she said. There's, uh, that was my dog. Savannah says hello. Um, <laughs> uh, there were uh, a few kids in the theater, but um, during the previews, like one little girl said something. Like we had like a Frozen Two trailer, and uh, she made she like said something, and her dad said something back, and the whole like theater laughed or whatever. And uh, for the most part, the kids were, were quiet. But uh, there was a a family next to me, and the the dad sat right next to me. And um, they were uh, speaking in Spanish sometimes during the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like I was in a good mood. I, it wasn't like overwhelming and I was like letting it go. And for some reason, like being in a different language, like not being able, able to actually understand what they were saying, it didn't like bother me as much. It was more just like a, a noise than it was like I realized like when I hear someone next to me in English say something, it's like it kind of takes me out of the movie experience because I'm like, oh, they're like talking yeah. about this thing or trying to explain this thing that just happened, like just pay attention or whatever. Uh, but it also made me realize that, um, you know, Houston's very diverse and we have a very uh, multicultural um, city, which is awesome. And um, I don't like movie talkers, so I need to learn. Um, please stop talking in a lots of different languages. That's what I learned <laughs> from that event. So that's going to be my new thing. Spanish okay. first. I know a little bit. Yeah. I can understand a little bit more, but uh, I don't really know. Please stop ruining my theater experience by your incessant mm-hmm. talking in Spanish. And then more after that, I, I'm, I'm curious what else you know I'm going to learn. Um, I realize that's one of those phrases to get around that I need. So that that was nice. Yay, diversity. I think if you were to just yell, silencio, idiotas, uh, they would there probably probably get it. They'd be like, but, this guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't too bad. I was letting it go for the most part. Okay. And yeah, it was, it was okay. You're growing as a person. You could say that, or you could say that I didn't know how to say anything to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for us, the, I, my experience was mostly okay. We did have some, not screaming children, just like whining children mm. that would just loudly just like say baby words. Or whatever, mm-hmm. like it wasn't intelligible. Yeah, it's children. They're children. children are fucking stupid. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so they were just like, bah, 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 bah. but they were like, they were able to like walk and everything. So they weren't like babies. Mm-hmm. They were, I, what is that like toddlers or something like that? Sure. But there was there's a whole selection of them, and so one would start acting up and uh, just uh, talking loudly and making noise during a good chunk of the film. Uh, but luckily it was mostly uh, quiet parts where I was trying to listen to the dialogue. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and then uh, eventually they would like take the kid out, uh, especially when it would start crying. And then another one would uh, start doing the same Super. thing. And it, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And then for my wife, uh, band from the show still, uh, she was sitting next to some people that she says was, uh, were talking the whole time. Mm. And, she she just kept it all in her and we were like sitting through the the mid uh or the uh the the ending like stylized credits mm-hmm. and she leaned over to me she was like these people have been talking this entire movie i'm like i'm sorry 
she goes, I want to say something to them. I'm just like, just just hold on. We're almost <laughs> through this. We've got a mid-credit and then post-credit scene. And uh, as soon as the, the mid-credit scene came on, she was made it about five seconds. And she was like, will you guys please stop talking for five seconds? <laughs> and then they would. They were just like, mm. yes, just, go Brandy. Yeah. She went after them. So, um, yeah. Did they look, uh, so, how was their reaction to that? They just, they said nothing and they just looked straight ahead. So I was like, wow, that yes. was a power move. Cause, cause we have to sit here for another like eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny too, because I've, I've said something before at Alamo draft house when some guys were talking during the uh, credit scene and I was like, you guys waited for this. We waited for this. Like, please like stop talking whatever we're all watching it but on a normal movie if you were to be able to leave during the credits when the lights are still either off or dimmed everybody just kind of files out without having to talk or really see each other at all you get out in the lobby and like disperse and nobody knows whatever but on those events like everybody's staying to the very end (laughs) the house lights like come on and you have to like walk behind them like it's it, it can be awkward i get it but listen they put her in the situation not the other way around right so right. Yeah. That's how I. Good. Good on you, Brandy. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta say uh, something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I'm. I'm. I'm glad I didn't have to. Uh, to sure. deal with that the, the entire movie, but like I had my own worries with these uh, toddlers. Yeah. In there. You're like I was busy being like, where are those toddlers? I can punch. I need to get them yeah. out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. You had other things to worry yeah. about for sure. Um, the only other thing I will mention, I don't remember if I've talked about this before, but, uh, Cinemark has been pissing me off and I forget about it afterwards, um, because it's not that huge of a deal, but, um, their previews and stuff, I don't know if you noticed this, um, they don't mask correctly. And so this movie was in scope where it has like, it's skinnier, you know, than other movies. And instead of doing like the curtains, like they should to show a skinnier screen while when the movie comes on and then during the previews that fill that screen, like filling the screen, now they just use like the black bars and they just show trailers like within a, a huge black box now. So if it like it's supposed to fit the whole screen, it's now like surrounded by like a fucking five or six foot bar on each, on each side. And there's just like a little thing. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm watching a giant uh, like YouTube video trailer, essentially, mm-hmm. instead of getting like a real theater yeah. experience. I think that's one of the things lacking. I'm just like, again, like besides timing that I have to go see this, like I want to go see this movie as soon as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. The experience is just lacking. Like I can get that better at home. Like if I'm going to do that, then what's the point of coming here and seeing the beautiful projector that you guys aren't even filling the screen with. So yeah, super frustrating, yeah. but it, for us, it seemed like there was 1000 trailers before this movie. Like yes. it, it just would not end. Like there was a certain point where it's like, okay, this literally has to be the last trailer and yeah. we got like three more trailers i'm like jesus christ we've been here forever yeah i i want to time it sometimes i turn off my phone i don't need to just sign it today i turn it off and mm-hmm. i don't want to look at it but i'm i've been curious before like how much time really elapsed because that seemed like forever and it just keeps going and then they add more and more and then you get like a mac and me trailer at the end and you're like where's paul rudd is he pranking me i don't know what's going on <laughs> just keep adding shit on so i'm with you there yeah mm-hmm. i like trailers but like give me like a few like five don't give me 10 it seems like they're going more 10 I, yeah there, there's some uh something with with cinemark it's, uh, mm-hmm. i haven't been to a cinemark in a in a little bit but uh yeah i was i was not uh terribly impressed with the uh the thing here so yeah. i mean the the founder cinemarcus would be rolling in his grave yeah rolling 
Yeah. Well, he did install a, a rotisserie in his uh, co- coffin. That's so right. That he, that's right. Yeah. He, and it's yeah. like a music box, but it's like always turning. It's like always on like a little ballerina. It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of morbid, but it's kind of cool. If mm-hmm. you have the money. Yeah. You know. Well, he knew he was going to hell anyway. So yeah. he's like, well, I might as well be even on <laughs> all sides. <laughs> My theater experience isn't going to be the best years from now. But still, he's upset right. about it. But he knew it was coming. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Like, he, he knew it was going to slide downhill. Yeah. Like, he stopped giving two shits, like, a, a decade before his, his passing. One, so he's just like, yeah. eh, whatever. One percent, man, you know? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I go to Cinemark because they're close to me, and I don't really go to the theaters that often, so I just want, like, something convenient. So I do that, but uh, yeah. I, I've been still, I utilize their... Uh, Whatever they whatever it's called, like their movie pass thing, that it's like eight ninety nine a month, uh, and I mainly keep that going because it makes all tickets eight ninety nine, and then they they take away the online fee whenever you're buying them. So even though I had meant to save them up and go to the Oscar movies, which I didn't go to, um, I had a bunch saved up for this movie and was able to buy really tickets through that because I was just like they're just sitting there. But uh, yeah, uh, overall, I realized like I just again like how much I just don't just don't care for the theater experience that much anymore. There was a thing the other day that was like this weird thing between uh, Netflix and Steven Spielberg. He said he doesn't consider them like real oh, movies yeah. and they should not be like Oscar nominated or whatever because the theater experience and like Christopher Nolan always is like talking about the theater experience and I'm like, when was the last time Christopher Nolan and Steven Spielberg went to a fucking theater with people? <laughs> right. Honestly, yeah. you know, like and if they were, were they yeah. surrounded by their people? So that you yeah. know, they had a good experience or whatever. I don't know. Like it just seems like, have you have you guys really been into a modern theater though? Do you really realize like what we have at home and what we have here? I get like big screens and community or whatever, but that community kind of is toxic a little bit, and uh, and they've annoying kids, and uh, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> yeah, they should have that in the like screening rooms when they're like watching edits of the movie. Yeah. You know, trying to <laughs> dissect it. They should have like screaming children in there. And not just a soundtrack. I want real children. I want people. To yeah, like, I mean, it should. Yeah. it should be one of those like mommy and me screenings yes. where there's like a, a like a playground in there and shit. You know, that's they how should they have should that do. Just really mm-hmm. test it out. Yeah. yeah, and be like, oh, this is why people prefer Netflix. Got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that should cover it. I think for all the clamoring fans that wanted our theater experience, that should be pretty good, right? We sufficiently. Yeah, I think you know, so. So that it was shitty, even though it was yeah. just okay for me. So, I mean, that's our talk about Captain Marvel yep. uh, on the next episode. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, we certainly have uh, much to discuss mm-hmm. on, uh, on this movie. So um, do you have the cast and crew pulled up? I certainly do. So uh, this one was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They are a directing um, duo who are perhaps married, but I'm not positive. Uh, but they started off with a movie called Half Nelson, which I'd always heard about. Um, they do like independent movies. That was one with, um, Ryan Gosling. Um, they've done like a few other little things. So sometimes movies for, for Marvel, they, they tap kind of like smaller directors and that can work out really well. And, uh, so we'll talk about kind of how this one did. It's kind of interesting. Um, that's kind of their background. Um, it was written by a few different people. Apparently there were about five people working in the story and screenplay. Um, but getting to the cast, we have Brie Larson as, see, this is the spoiler I mean, it's not like a spoiler, but the way it plays out in the movie, she's she's Vers, yeah. she's Carol Danvers, and uh, Captain Marvel, 
uh, are her character yep. names. Uh, Sam Jackson as a de-aged Nick Fury, which I'm excited to talk about the de-aging thing on this. Uh, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Uh, this I always have trouble with this. Jamin Hansu. I always forget that. That first huh. name. Hansu as Karath. <laughs> I think in previous episodes, yeah, right? uh, when we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> yes. you called them Digimon. Digimon. I don't, how do you, Digital you, monsters, yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, go with that. Jaimon Hansu. Jaimon. Jaimon? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I'll forget that. Um, Lee Pace back as Ronan the Accuser, um, also from, from mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambeau. Um, let's see. Annette Benning as uh, Supreme Intelligence. Dr. Wendy Lawson. And again, there's a spoiler name on here. It's like just sitting there, though. And I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's not right? reveal that. More, maybe more people. Yeah. Clark Gregg back as Phil Coulson, uh, which is cool. And then Jude Law as Jan Rog, which I don't actually remember anybody saying in the movie. I saw that afterwards and I was like, that one just totally left me. Yeah, they, they mentioned it um, briefly in there. Mm. I, I think maybe once or twice. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. I'm just going to continue the sentence. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, 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 before yeah, 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 I, we can get into the plot in a second, but I'm also kind of curious how everyone to fit this in about uh, your the comics background of Captain Marvel and what you know about her a little bit. Just maybe like a background or her differences or uh, how much you like the character because she's kind of new to me and the comics that we've been reading, but then uh, this movie as well. So. Okay, sure. So in the comics, she started out as um, the origin in the comics is different than this, but I'm fine with them changing it because it would have been a whole bunch of like crazy shit to go through. So yeah. in the comics, the the character of Marvel is a male Cree like alien um, character who winds up on Earth and uh, eventually through um, uh, something that he was doing, he was he was fighting a, a villain of some sort. And um, Carol Danvers was there, uh, just a regular Earth human. And uh, there was an explosion. She got her powers from that. And uh, she became a character called Miss Marvel. And um, she was Miss Marvel all the way up through like the early 2000s, um, where uh, the, the higher ups at Marvel decided to make her the new Captain Marvel. And uh, because Marvel was the original Captain Marvel. And, uh, yeah, so she's been Captain Marvel since and really taken off. And I'm glad because even though her uh, her costume is relatively new, that uh, uh, red, white, I'm sorry, uh, red, blue, and yellow uh, color scheme, it just looks so good. It's mm-hmm. classic superhero yeah. primary colors. It all works, and I just love it so much. It, even though it's like a, a late 2000s um, costume design, it just looks so like classic, and it looks good standing next to Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. Sure, very well done. Yeah, very, and I, I love how it translated to uh, to film here. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, it feels like a I would I would not have guessed that that was like um, a new costume, except for I had seen some different designs for the movie specifically, and they were showing some old. It might have been like Miss Marvel costumes, but it, they seemed like the typical like comic like skimpy outfit type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and this yeah. one was just like it's like a flight suit more. Um, type of thing, but it, it looks really classic, so I wouldn't necessarily have, have not realized that, you know, they did a good job with that, too. Yeah, yeah her original costume when she was Miss Marvel, she had, like, her midriff showing, like, mm-hmm. they went out of her way, out of their way to, like, 
give her like a midriff window. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it's real oh, bizarre. She's then, got abs. Yeah. And then, uh, then later she, uh, she had this like, uh, black, um, it was almost like a, a swimsuit with these thigh high, uh, leg boots with this like mm-hmm. yellow slash on it. Yeah. Um, I saw a picture That was her that. costume for a long time. And, and I thought that costume was like cool looking, but man, this one is so much better. And it's mm-hmm. just like, She's fully covered outside yeah. of her her head and her in her fingies. Oh yeah. But uh, man, it just looks so badass. I yeah. Loved it. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Well. Um, mm, yeah. So, plot for this movie. Do you want to roll into that? So I, <laughs> I, I was looking at that, and I don't know if I necessarily want to go over the plot in the the spoiler free sure. portion of it because I went into this movie mainly, probably like seventy percent, no idea what was mm-hmm. going to take place or what the plot of the movie was. And I yeah, that's had true. A blast watching it. So so maybe we can just go over our general thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings of the movie before moving on to spoilers, and then we can talk about the plot there. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Okay, all right. So Stephen, having mm-hmm. read just like a a little bit of Carol Danvers in the comics on the the Avengers issues we've gone over, um, what did you think about this movie? What were your your thoughts mm-hmm. in general on uh, on uh, on Captain Marvel? So I I actually have some mixed feelings on this one. Um, okay. And I, I feel like I came away from it having, having been entertained, but, um, honestly I was a little disappointed, mm-hmm. uh, which really surprised me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be like, it's hard. Like I, I talked to, to my brother Danny last night about it and he had a lot of the same thoughts and we both came away from it being like, it's, it's good. I just didn't think it was great. Um, and it wasn't quite as great as I thought it just would be. Um, and the, the best I could say, I went to online. It's, it, this was one of those, like, I really was struggling with my feelings on it. And, uh, Danny and I were getting kind of nitpicky about little things and stuff, but some of them I think are valid criticisms, but, um, I, at the end we were both like, yeah, but I think it'll grow on me. And I think it was good. I just like, it didn't wow me as much as I expected from say like infinity war or black Panther and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I went online to look at some reviews to kind of clarify what I was thinking see what other people were saying about it. And there were uh, two in particular that I thought um, really spoke to me for this. So one was, I know that you liked the movie Doctor Strange, but I just, I've tried it a few times. I, it's okay. I just can't really get into it that much, but I do like his yeah. character. And someone had said that they, they kind of looked at this as Doctor Strange. And then whenever Doctor Strange got into the Avengers uh, with Infinity War, and he was actually, you know, directed under the Rousseau brothers. It was like, yeah, he was a badass and it was cool and inventive and all the stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, I like him a lot in Infinity War. I just don't really care for his movie that much. And I feel like I'm very excited for her as a character and to see what happens with her in Endgame. But this movie to me was just like, it was okay. Um, it was yep. good. Um, but then in particular, the one that really st- struck me, I, I kept, there were some parts to this that I was just like, they were a little off to me just not quite what not, not quite as good as i expected and it reminded me a little bit of captain america the first avenger and that movie has grown on me over time and i really like it and i liked it at first but i it wasn't as good as the rest of them but now it really fits in with the story of captain america and i like it as a beginning movie and i like the movie a lot but it took a few years mm-hmm. and someone online had said that they felt uh captain marvel was like a phase one marvel movie in phase three and that's the best description I could give for it. So it's not to say that it's okay. not good, 
But it's more like Thor or Captain America, the first Avenger level, as opposed to the stuff we've been like Black Panther that just came out. You know, like I don't think it's like quite at yeah. that level. Um, and that, yeah, I, I was shocked. I'm, I'm curious to see. Maybe you just fucking loved it, but uh, to me, it was just like I, I think everybody I was with liked it a lot. Uh, Amanda loved it. Um, to me, it was just like it was okay. It was good. I can't really see mm-hmm. anything bad about it. I'm just like it wasn't quite the level that I expected. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably the the issue going forward with the Marvel movies is especially when you've got this major storyline in Infinity War mm-hmm. leading into Endgame, you've got to stop, like pump the brakes, and then introduce this new character, give this new origin story and she's a character that we haven't seen on screen before like black panther in his first solo movie we had seen him previously sure. like he was introduced in civil war you know um and, and i thought that worked well yes. yeah it's a good point yeah and, and similar to dr strange uh, that character was just introduced in his own movie and then brought into the mcu so mm-hmm. um i i can see the comparison there um and uh okay so i I don't want to compare this movie to Wonder Woman, even though the... Yep. Like, so, just because it's like a a female-led superhero movie by the opposite studio of DC, right? Mm. Um, The, the, I guess, Patty Jenkins had tweeted out a picture of, uh, like, a drawing of uh, Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel like flying the skies together yeah, and cool. in support of the, the two, uh, the, I, th- I think she tweeted at Brie Larson maybe mm-hmm. and, uh, wished her good luck and everything. So it was very supportive and, uh, very nice to see. Um, but, uh, the way in which I will, uh, compare the two, um, movies is that I was worried that I was going to go see this movie and end up not liking it for some reason and then I was going to be like, well, shit. So, like, <laughs> I I tried to be a very progressive guy, but it just so happens that yeah. I didn't care for Wonder Woman, didn't care for Captain Marvel. So now what? I look like a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it turns out I loved this movie. Cool. I get what you're saying, but I did. I did, in fact, love this movie. I, uh, I like this character a lot from the comics, and uh, it just scratched all these different itches for me. I like the scrolls in the comics as well, and I thought it was mm-hmm. cool to see them. It, there was just a lot of stuff from the comics brought to life in a uh, a way that I really dug that uh, clicked a lot for me. And I, I liked uh, uh, Sam Jackson's like Young Fury. Mm-hmm. I liked his version of that, uh, which is a great rap name. Oh great wow, yeah. Rap name. Somebody <laughs> please snap it up. The next prequel is gonna be a, a further prequel, de-aging him to like twenties. Right. Uh, He's going to be Young yeah. Fury. <laughs> yeah, but it takes place in the present, which is weird, but, you know. They can do got, whatever with the DG the, the time stone. Yeah. Yeah. I can go for yeah. it. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I really enjoy this movie. I, like, haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it. Mm. And, uh, man, I, I cannot wait to to watch it again or to uh, to see her show up in, in uh, further movies yeah. down the line. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I really dug it. This will be a good conversation yeah. then. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Okay. So should should we uh, jump into spoilers then? Yeah, I think we should do it. Okay. So from this point forward, we will spoil this movie. So again, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it and uh, come back and listen to the remainder of this episode. So, uh, okay. So spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman in this movie 
as Ben Affleck, he's back. Marvel <laughs> snatched him up. Um, so here's, I want to start by saying this though, after I already said my, what I felt about this movie and stuff, but, um, I have been trying to realize lately that I don't want to, um, step on anybody else's love of any other pop culture. And I feel like I've done that in the past. And so I'm trying to be more conscious of that. So, uh, for one, I didn't hate this movie and, and that won't be my review for it at all. But, um, yeah. I'm, I've been realizing more lately that like, sometimes I feel like, uh, I'm right. Um, and my, and my views <laughs> of any given, you know, pop culture thing that okay. I, that I love or, or dislike to a, a passion, especially, you know, and whenever I come across someone that's like, love something, I, I'm like, I love that. Like, no, this is bullshit and you shouldn't like it for these reasons mm-hmm. or whatever. But like at the end of the day, yeah. I'm realizing lately, like I want people just to enjoy whatever they want to enjoy. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's partly been helped. I, I follow this, uh, this is ironic enough because I don't really care for Doctor Strange, the movie, but um, I follow this author uh, named C. Robert Cargill on Twitter now, and he was uh, the co-writer of that movie with Scott Derrickson. And he just gives, like, really good writing advice, and he's written a few books and some other screenplays and stuff. And um, he has a podcast called um, Junk Food Cinema, I guess, which I still haven't listened to, but it sounds pretty cool. And, and they just review... It's just, it sounds like two buddies. They've been doing it for a long time. They just review different movies that they like or like weird movies, good movies, whatever, all kinds of stuff. And they've had a, sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> I can't believe somebody to make a podcast about that, but all right, like go ahead. Stupid. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, so they talked about it recently. They've had this thing about how they don't, they talk about all these movies they love, but they're like, they're not guilty pleasures. If you get pleasure from them, why, why would you feel guilty about liking something? You like something, you like something. And they don't want to like, mm-hmm. they wanted to hear like, what, what are your pleasures? You know, not, not guilty. Just what do you like? And uh, I kind of started a Twitter feed from that. And I thought that was really cool. And I kind of want to lean into that more. So I definitely want to put that out there now. I'm not trying to uh, step on anybody, you or, or otherwise, that, uh, that really liked this. And I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to be conscious of that, essentially, going forward. Because uh, I haven't always in the past. Fair enough? I accept these terms. So you're fucking idiot for liking this movie. <laughs> <laughs> How do you live? <laughs> How do you even get up in the mornings? No, so I, um, I get you. I, I, I wanted to like this movie as much as you w- liked yeah. it. I think on Pond Rewatch, I will. I, I want to watch it again for sure. Uh, I yeah. haven't stopped really thinking about it since I watched it. Um, but it was it was more on the, man, I just wish things were. It, it, made, it made me think of, of Wonder Woman 2 because it's like it wasn't quite there for me. Um, mm-hmm. but there are other issues with that. I, I just don't think I really care for that, like the Wonder Woman character or mythos that they've created on there. I'm not really sold on it. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what they do with it. But this one, Captain Marvel, I'm all for. Like, she was badass. I'm excited for her in Endgame and to see where else she goes in the MCU. Um, just to me, it wasn't quite what I what I wanted. So, Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the plot of this movie, we have, how did they pronounce it? Is it Vers? Yeah. Or Vers? Vers. Veers, yeah, something like yep. that. Uh, we, we've got this character called Veers, uh, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, but you know what? She's amnesiac. Amnesiac? Sure. Is that a word? That. She don't remember stuff. She's amnesia. Yeah, amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> also, great rap name. Somebody snatch that shit up. <laughs> no, it's mine. Amnesia for sheezy. Yeah. So uh, she's uh, she's off in space with the uh, the Cree 
Uh, she's training to be a Kree um, soldier, essentially. She has these powers that came from somewhere. She's not really sure, or at least we as the audience aren't sure. And um, she has these dreams where she's remembering back to uh, something that happened in her past but can't quite fit the pieces together. And uh, this movie is essentially... Uh, it it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Wolverine mm. in that he's got glimmers of his past that he can't quite remember but um, he, uh, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Yep. <laughs> I ran out of sentence there. Yeah, trains off. So the she's Wolverine. Gotcha. Move on. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Essentially, Wolverine got the mutton chops. Yep. And uh, that was an interesting yeah, twist. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has that long hair. She she ties it back. Yeah. It's just like whoa, whoa. mutton chops for days. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, the the movie is really exploring exploring her trying to remember her past and um, forge a new future, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, the scrolls show up and uh, are apparently uh, trying to take over the planet, but are they, though? Yeah. Aren't we all just a little bit of scroll on the inside? Yeah. Can't we all grossly shapeshift <laughs> into <laughs> other people? So the scrolls in the comics, they, they can shape shapeshift as well and um leading up to this movie's release i know there had been some trailers or uh some commercials that show the actual like morphing process and i heard that it was gross but Mm. i purposely stayed away from it until watching this movie and as it happened i was like that is so fucking disgusting (laughs) and i fucking loved it i thought it looked so good they do these Uh, like i I really like that part of rips in the skin and like I suppose like brain looking things come out at first. Like, I don't know. It all kind of like rips yeah. open and like changes and stuff. It's yeah, it's pretty inventive. I'll give you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she has to fight, uh, fight the, the scroll war, uh, essentially. And, uh, in, in they, uh, she eventually comes back to, uh, C 53, AKA earth and, uh, realizes that she has a, uh, a past there. And uh, runs into some characters, including a young Nick Fury and a young uh, Phil Coulson. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's 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 mostly it as far as the the plot goes. Yeah, I would say uh, I'm glad you had mentioned too that we weren't going to really go into it until the spoilers. And I, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned that. But it's like, yeah, I don't I don't really know what I got from the trailer for that. Essentially, you know mm-hmm. that she like you see visions of her past, and you know most of it takes place in the '90s. But um, other than that, like, I didn't really know watching the movie and, like, thinking back to the trailer now that I remember of it, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have told you that story the way it plays out at all. Um, And I don't Mm -hmm. really know where you would start to say that story without spoiling a lot of things. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that just kind of happens. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to kind of go through that um, and see what happens. It's um, the way that they structured this, where they kind of start with her on the, the Kree planet uh hala is that what it is yeah hala mm-hmm. yeah um you're welcome uh <laughs> she ain't no hala bat girl Steven. come on oh see it gwen stefani working in this mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so she you know she starts there and it kind of does like flashback things and um that's one of the things i i they approached this in a certain way and they didn't want it to do it like the like Iron Man where they just kind of like show the events and even then they kind of like chop things up a little bit. But this one they really do like make it obscure from most of the movie like and, and they kind of reveal things, whatever. And it's that's one of the things I think I was looking for a little more of a linear story 
Um, it kind of starts with her there, and I didn't really know what I was to care about at that point. I didn't know her. I didn't know mm-hmm. Jude Law or whatever. And there was something about Jude Law, I don't know from the trailers or maybe what I heard about him, if he was going to be a villain or whatever, but like kind of instantly I was like, oh, he's bad. Yeah, and, same. And, but to me that was like, should I know he's bad or not? And um, that's one of the things I want to get into. I, I, I guess they kind of changed the Kree-Skrull war a little bit for the for the movies is that are they like are there is there war or their sides or their their kind of motivations a little bit different in the comic or how does that play out yeah in the comics they're two warring races they just go back millennia like they just don't don't like each other um eventually um the the scrolls are displaced like their home world is destroyed by um this uh fantastic four villain called annihilus and the scrolls end up uh fleeing to like different parts of the galaxy and, and wind up on earth. Uh, and, uh, there's a whole uh, situation there that, that happens. But yeah, I mean, like as far as the scree, the scree, uh, the Korean, the scrolls go, um, they, they don't like each other mm-hmm. too much. And, uh, we just get caught in the middle. So we'll get into, it, I guess, as we go through the plot about how things kind of change and the allegiances and like what we find out about their motivations or whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. For one thing, like I didn't really trust Jude Law for, for those reasons I gave, but also when I saw uh, Jaiman Hansu, I was like, oh, he was like a bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he was trying, like from from at least from the character point of view of, of Peter Quill, even though he was stealing something, I always assumed that guy was bad and they were trying to kill Peter Quill. Um, so seeing them in this one where they're kind of like, in the beginning they're like the good guys or whatever, I was like, I just didn't buy that at all. Like at any point, yeah. uh, but I didn't know if I was supposed to or not, because they're not. I was like, I realized like Peter Quill was stealing something. They were like protecting, I guess, in that movie. So I was like, maybe they weren't the bad guys, but I just always assumed they were. So yeah. I, there's kind of like twists and turns in this of of you know who people are, and I was just like, well, that wasn't really a twist to me, because I just always assumed they were all bad and probably lying to her. Yeah, you that's know? true. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. that was like one of my little issues, or whatever. That I I think it won't bother me as I go back, but watching the movie, I was just like, oh well, I don't trust any of those fools, you know. Yeah. So, and I I wonder if part of it was uh, the the filmmakers hoping that the audience would think like when we find out there's a betrayal by the like somewhere in the Cree, they were like getting inside information um, that maybe they were hoping that we would just automatically assume it was. Uh, Jaiman Hansu's character mm, mm. only. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't trust Jude Law either. He mm. had uh, what I like his contact lenses are what I like to call uh, Marilyn Manson eyes, but he's got them <laughs> in both eyes. Yeah, uh, and I was like, yeah, this this is this seems wrong. It feels uncomfortable. I don't trust this person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like too light. Yeah, yeah me his out. eyes have like jaundice or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like too too yellow. Yeah, like what are you what are you doing, man? Yeah, don't trust this guy. Yeah, shifty eyes, don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Uh, um, yeah, go for it. Well, okay, so let's let's start off like we we've talked about the plot. Let's uh, let's really dive into it. But mm-hmm. first, I want to uh, talk about the uh, amazing Stanley opening oh, yes. uh, to this movie. Oh, holy shit. Like that, that showed up on screen. I was like, oh, fu-. like, like as the, I saw the Marvel logo, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to incorporate uh, Carol Danvers into the opening. And then I saw Stan pop up. I was like, <gasps> yeah, you've, you've got me, Marvel. Yeah, you did it. I like you did gasped it. 
And Amanda was like, oh, and then it showed like, <laughs> I don't remember what the, what the quote was, or the dedication to him. Um, like, thank you, Stan or something like that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I did, I was just like, oh, and she was like, oh, like it really like touched me. It was nice. <laughs> it was I, it, un- unexpected. Yeah. Um, and then putting yeah. him at the end of the Marvel logo where it's just pictures of him. It was just like, oh my God. Yeah. So sad. I, I wonder if there was like at any point, like somewhere around the world, somebody was like, what happened to him? <laughs> Who's that guy? This is my first movie. <laughs> Are there more of these? <laughs> now is X-Man in this one? <laughs> Does he fight Superman's? Um, but yeah, I liked, uh, I really liked that opening. Yeah, I, they that did a great really job cool. with that. And then um, his, his cameo in it where he was yes. reading the Mallrats script. Was so awesome. Amazing. I saw a tweet. This is, this is one thing that was like semi-spoiled for me was I saw a tweet from Kevin Smith where he mentioned that he was now like officially part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really say what it was, but, you know, that he was incorporated in some way into it. And, uh, yeah, when we see Stan on that, uh, I guess it was a, a train. Um, was it a train or a bus? Yeah, one of the two. This is very important. <laughs> conversation. Stop Screech the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, like, multi-passenger transportation he was on, he was reading a Mallrats script and practicing the, the dialogue. And I don't know if that was, like, added in there after the fact. Because I know that they shot a bunch of his cameos, mm. like, all at the same time or whatever yeah. for, like, the next, whatever, five movies. So I don't know where we are in that, that timeline. But, uh man yeah it was uh it was so so good to see him in this movie yeah. especially like for for kevin smith who's oh my god a yeah huge fan of just comics and and these movies in particular and yeah seeing that show up on there uh that that had to be incredible yeah it was super cool um i tried to find this article earlier but slash film had written something about how they changed at least a little bit his cameo um, to include what they did. Mm-hmm. So they, they did do something, apparently, from what they had originally planned, maybe when he was still alive and they were planning stuff. And maybe that's when they threw yeah. that at instead. But uh, but I loved it. And I, I he posted a picture of himself, like, with tears rolling out of his face. Kevin Smith yes. did. Yeah. It was so sweet and touching. Um, yeah. And I didn't, yeah, he, he kind of just said he was in it, uh, referenced or whatever. But I, I loved it because it, it really dated it. It was like, yeah, I know what year this is now. This is perfect. Um, <laughs> and it was fun to see him, like, actually doing the lines from Mallrats. Um, and it's especially touching for him, I think, right now, because Kevin Smith is filming his new Jane Silent Ball reboot. And there's a, they have Brody's secret stash, like a comic store in the mall. And he's been posting this thing of the green sweater that uh, Stan Lee wore in Mallrats. They have, like, Brody has it up with, as, like, a shrine with, like, pictures of Stan Lee around it. And Kevin Smith had said that they, they did that because um, they wanted to give him a tribute and be in the movie, but because... Stanley was actually a big part of his script for that movie until he died. And Kevin Smith had to actually rewrite a bunch of stuff, but um, they were going to do that. Wow. Like he was going to be a part of it right now. And so it, we know what a time, like, unfortunately he passed and Kevin Smith had to rewrite him, but then they like threw that loving, touching thing in there, you know, and then this movie. So yeah, I just thought that was really, that was really great. Yeah. Yeah, like, man. That's... One of the best of his cameo so far for, for Kevin Smith fans, I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. And it's a kind of a, a deep cut reference yeah. as well. Like if, if you're not like, I don't know, like if you only watch like blockbuster movies or whatever, you may not have heard of mall rats or even know what yeah. that is, but, uh, yeah. Or that really cool. Or that Stanley was in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's like a big role. Yeah. Nice, nice. 
Good role. Why so. is Stan Lee watching this movie as a book? I don't <laughs> understand what's going on here. Well, it's happening. Um, and, and then uh, there's also a cameo by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who is a, uh, a, a writer, a comics writer mm. and a, a TV writer. She has uh, she was the one to write the character first as Captain Marvel um, okay. going from Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel. And she is the one who um, really kind of set the tone for uh the comics going forward and then also this movie in a way. So she has a, a cameo where she's uh, Carol gets off of the, uh, the train bus and uh, is walking into that uh, like terminal and Kelly Sue DeConnick walks right past her. And I caught it as soon as I uh, saw it and I was like, I get, I see what's yeah, happening that's here. Awesome. Yeah. I was very excited about that. I'm always excited when uh, comics creators get to show up in these movies. It's always uh, fun. Yeah, that's cool. I had heard about yeah. that, but I don't know what she looks like. Yeah. So I didn't, didn't recognize anything like that, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's always fun. They can actually bring those creators in and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pay respects in, in that way. Um, what did you think of, uh, of Brie Larson as Carol Danvers? I liked her. I, I like Brie Larson a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I thought from the trailers, she looked really good in this role. Um, I love the her story arc that you do end up getting about her life and stuff, and uh, seeing her as like a fucking tough little girl uh, throughout her yeah. life, um, always trying to do things the boys were telling her not to do. I thought that was like not it, it could have been maybe cheesy, but it was done so well. Um, and then leading into to her role and stuff, I thought um, it was really good. An- another review that helped me make sense of my feelings about her character a little bit too is. Um, they said something about like I don't know how exactly they described her, but basically that they were like, you know, she believes in what she does and she is a fighter and a, she gets up and you know you can't tell her what to do or whatever. And they were like, she's not gonna be like the typical Hollywood female character where you like she's charming or you want to love her. She is those things because she's just herself and she doesn't yeah. really give a fuck what you think about her. Like, as a yeah. character in this movie, like, in the movie itself, in that world, but also, like, outside of that, like, if if a guy or anybody was like, yeah, I didn't really care for that character or whatever, she'd be like, well, fuck you, you just didn't get it or whatever, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought she brought a really, Brie Larson specifically brought a really good, um, I don't know, like, gravitas to that or whatever, that, uh, and, and just in general, like, her, her kind of charming ability shown through, you know, shown through? Shined through? That's, yeah. yeah. So... Shine did. Shine, shine, shine did. That's what a, got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought she was really charming this role as well. And I, uh, I heard some people like early on say that, um, she, you know, because she's not, you know, uh, smiling mm. or, uh, uh, overly jovial in the, the trailers or whatever. She seems like she's just going to be like a dour character, uh, humorless and everything. But you know, there's a surprising, amount of humor in this movie and i was surprised and delighted by that mm-hmm. um wh- one of my favorite jokes uh again we're in, in spoilers here is where um somebody throws a mallard at goose the cat and she's like duck duck goose <laughs> <laughs> yeah. classic jokes <laughs> nailed it nailed it uh but no i uh <laughs> I really liked uh, her character a lot. Uh, she she has some uh, stuff that she does with her feet early on, her uh, her, her naked feet, mm. uh, and I'm I'm sure that uh, my wife hated yeah. that. She classically hates feet. Uh, 
yeah. I didn't even think about <laughs> Probably that. Probably not for yeah. her. <laughs> she goes back to grab her boots, and yeah, I bet that whole thing yeah. was torture for Brandy. She saw those boots, and she was like, oh, good. Yeah. She, she finally, like, unclinched the, uh, the armrests. <laughs> yeah. uh, she could relax a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I just had a, a blast watching her as this character mm-hmm. and can't wait to see how her character evolves going forward. She's very, like, heroic, but she also likes to have fun, but she's not, like, um, overly uh, soldier-esque mm-hmm. to where she's just, like, cut off from her emotions and everything. Yeah. Like, she's she's willing to, like, live out her... Um, her like thoughts and feelings. And mm-hmm. I think I, I heard in an interview with Brie Larson that she said that Carol is the type of person who will punch first and ask questions later. Like she's very like, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow through with it and then we'll figure it out from there, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. Like punching old ladies on the, on the bus or train or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the multi-person transport yeah. unit. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> so you made me think of one thing. Um, she, I don't know how much we want to get into the plot or, or just kind of talk about things in general, but uh, essentially she, mm-hmm. she ends up um, after kind of being a part of the Kree and they go on this mission or whatever and they're trying to get uh, a spy out. Um, turns out the, the scrolls are, are there impersonating people and um, she gets captured for a little bit. They kind of go through her memories and jog a little bit, but she doesn't understand what's going on. Uh, she gets uh, in an escape pod and comes down to Earth and crash lands into a blockbuster video, which is, even though it's in the trailer, still really fun to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but she, she gets out of that. She talks to the security guard. Uh, he calls the cops and that's when, uh, agent Colson, but, uh, made it more importantly, Fury show up, um, as lower level agents of shield. And, uh, there was something about, I wouldn't, you were talking about her performance in particular. Um, she's very funny in that scene because it's not just to be funny. It's like the way that she talks to Fury and she's just like, yeah, there's a, a war. Do you have a communicator? The scrolls are here, like just like telling him everything matter of factly, and he's they're all treating him like she's crazy yeah. or whatever. And I couldn't quite pinpoint that. Me, that scene made me think of something else. Her character made me think of another character, and I couldn't pinpoint it until just now. And it's Buzz Lightyear. She was Buzz <laughs> at the beginning of Toy Story, when he's so self assured of like, I'm flying, I'm a spaceman. Where like bring me to your leader. Like he was so self assured in that, and being like, fuck all you toys, I got a mission right now. But hers really yeah. is a mission. But Holy she treated shit. it that yeah, way, so right. it played off that same kind of energy, but it was just funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it, but it's like, man, I couldn't quite pinpoint that, and that's totally what it was for me. Well, it, it really makes sense, especially later on when they're at that farmhouse and Fury's walking outside. He's like, there's a snake <laughs> in my boots. That's like, right. Oh, they, okay, I see the dynamic yeah, here. It was foreshadowing yeah. in the beginning. I, get, I what they're that. doing. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. Somebody poisoned the water hole. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. And hearing Sam Jackson say that was really interesting, too, which is cool. Well, yeah, because he finished both lines with Motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, wow, wow, they're really going for it. Two F words in this PG-13 movie. All right. Well, okay. All right. They're Marvel. They're like, we own everything. <laughs> Disney owns yeah. everything. Yeah. We just bought the MPAA. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. It's fine now. They bought a major stake. <laughs> they changed things up. Two F words. Disney started. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I would like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, man, you haven't seen Christopher Robin yet, have you? No. Holy shit, who <laughs> just lets it fucking rip, dude. Was he voiced by Sam Jackson? Uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Totally want to see it now. He's voiced, he's credited as, like, Sam Jackson, parentheses, on a bad day. So oh, it's like, wow. shit, yeah. He did not want to be there. <laughs> that makes it a lot more, like, heightens it up for that movie for me. Yeah. That's interesting, I didn't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Man, Sam Jackson gets around. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sam Jackson, yeah, we got to talk about Young Fury. We yeah, talk about Young Fury in this. Uh, he looks, uh, he looks great in this. Like the hair, like I'll mm-hmm. be honest, the hair looks a little bit uh, fake as fuck. But, yeah, I'm uh, alright with it. Uh, I, it. It didn't uh, take me out of the movie uh, too much. Um, I, I, it might just be like I'm not used to seeing him with hair. I think that's it as a yeah. as an actor, you know. But uh, but man, like I don't know if they did. Did they do CGI on him? Like, I okay, I, I can't tell. I <laughs> like he he just he looked younger. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just only the the hair and dressing differently and having two eyes really made yeah. like like sold it. I I thought that as well. I I was gonna say because we always talk about the the great de aging process for these movies, and this is the first one where they were like basically the entire movie they're gonna do Coulson and and Fury. Uh, but yeah. both of them essentially they gave more hair and like those little changes <laughs> yeah. like help and like the clothes and stuff so I think for one that they they did do de-aging makeup and it was good but I was like I don't I don't know how much they had to do for either of those guys they just kind of looked yeah. that way um, yeah. and it's just hard to like I don't know if you put like that hair on the Nick Fury from like Winter Soldier per se, you know, then it would work and you would be like, yeah, it totally looks that way. <laughs> Sounds funny, right? Like think about it, but I, I do think there's something there, but it was really well done. It was really subtle to me. I thought it just fucking worked. Yeah. I just believe it. And that, that was another thing is like with these directors, I don't think I've seen anything by them before, but I was so impressed mm-hmm. with their directing and how um, they utilize special effects because if they did do de-aging, it was subtle enough to where yeah. I couldn't, I literally couldn't tell it was just makeup or you know something mm-hmm. practical versus cgi and then uh also the uh the scrolls i thought looked great mm-hmm. like normally i can see like some cracks in the cgi armor but this i i'm sure they employed cgi for part of it but i'm sure makeup was a part of it as mm-hmm. well or costuming for the scrolls but i don't know I, I had a real difficult time like telling what was what like sometimes um in cgi um you can tell, like they they look video gamey. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the characters do, but um, I I didn't really have that problem with the scrolls at all. Mm-hmm. Did you? No, I I thought they were okay. Um, I think that the I don't I didn't see the cracks through it, and it actually looked. I'm curious now. It, it looked like makeup for the most part for me, except for like when they were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, some of the aspects of the action are like the special effects and their character design specifically, which I'm curious for comic book wise though. Like I think they looked pretty similar for what they're supposed to. Um, yeah. but I, I, it made me think of star Trek. It felt like a star Trek movie or TV show. Um, they looked like something out of that. Like, um, when we left, we went with our, yeah, Amanda's family and a uh, longtime listener, Sarah was with us. And afterwards she came over and she was like, that movie was like star Wars and, like Guardians of the Galaxy and some other stuff like mixed in together. And I was like, yeah. And then afterwards I was like, it was more like Star Trek to me, which is good. I like Star Trek, but there's a certain aesthetic to that. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not sold on the scrolls actually. I, I like, mm, okay. I, they were, they were good for what they were, but overall, um, I just thought it was like an okay design. Um, so I'm curious though, like from what I understand from the comics or what I've seen in there, they look pretty similar to that though. Right. Yeah, they have the uh, the crinkle cut chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the pointy ears, the green skin. Uh, in the comics, they have this weird like uh, uh, black widow's peak. Mm. Uh, they almost look like a 
like a melted Dracula yeah. or something cool, like cool. that, or like a, a moldy Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh-huh. in this, it was just like uh, skin coloring or whatever. But man, I thought they, I thought they looked great. I, I was really yeah. impressed with the with the designs of them. Fair enough. Uh, that's one thing I, yeah. I think. As I watch the movie more, I, it won't bother me. But in the movie, I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, it's it's okay. Like it was good. It just wasn't great to me. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, what about um, what about the way that music was used in this movie? So we we show up in the the mid nineties. I think this is what ninety five. Mm-hmm. It's what what yep. I gathered. Um, so like. I was very concerned that Limp Biscuit wasn't going to be in this movie, <laughs> and they're not. But they didn't break until '97, okay. so I, I will give this movie a pass for that. Like they were teetering on yeah. the edge. Like if this took place in '98, Limp Biscuit was not in this movie. Yeah, no. You not you would have read a story about Brent lighting his theater on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it takes place in '95. Uh, uh, there's no Nine Inch Nails music that I heard in this movie, but mm. she does have the Nine Inch Nails shirt, which was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, was cool. Uh, Nine Inch Nails and Marvel teamed up, and there's a special Captain Marvel edition of a Nine Inch Nails shirt mm-hmm. that uh, is on sale for a limited time. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But um, I do like that um, th- this movie does use uh, rock songs and alternative songs from the uh, from around this era, uh, era the uh, the mid '90s, mm-hmm. but um, it's not overly done, I didn't think. Yeah. Like, I was expecting it to be, like, either a shitload more, mm-hmm. uh, but no. They they used it pretty well. Like, so much so that uh, by the time one of those songs showed up, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in this this time frame here. Yeah, what I, uh, I like the—I the, love 90s music and the 90s era or whatever, so I was super mm-hmm. pumped for this. Um, I thought the music choices were good, but it didn't inspire me as much as like the Guardians of the Galaxy like soundtrack did. Uh, Amanda mm-hmm. loved it. She had mentioned specifically she loved the soundtrack afterwards, and I'd be curious to see if they have you know one out there uh, of all those songs. And and uh, I'm sure there was like more that I missed like in the background and stuff in different places. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I did read one one review that I disagreed with. Um, they had mentioned there's that fight scene where. Um, I'm just a girl by no doubt place. Yeah, uh, and they yeah. had said it was too on the nose, but I actually really liked it. I had a huge smile on my face when that song came on. Cause that, that's a great song, but I thought that was yeah. perfect for that scene. So I loved that one. Yeah. I know when I first started hearing that play, I was like, wow, this seems odd yeah. that it's kicking on. But then as it progressed, it was just like, I'm into this. I, yeah, I really I like it. that. Yeah. That, that it was ballsy too, because that's like the big like hero battle. She's like fully powered up and mm-hmm. everything in that last scene and she's going through her powers and everything. So, uh, I, I really liked the whole part of it too, but, um, I, I also noticed that the, the music wasn't just, um, nineties rock and alternative bands. Like the majority of them were female led rock and mm-hmm. alternative bands. So yeah, you've got your, no doubt you've got, uh, Elastica in there. Um, hole, mm-hmm. uh, has a, a song in this movie as well. So, uh, I like that focus mm-hmm. on, uh, on that specific musical choice. I really, other than that, I'm really not sure um, why this movie takes place in the mid nineties. Do you have any, <laughs> like there's, there's no like specific reason for it other than it's like, Hey, let's just go ahead and send this movie back in this time. I get, so one of the things I, I just um, over overarching looking back on the MCU that, and how it's grown. Um, 
I feel like they didn't really know when to introduce her, and they Marvel's had a hard like a, not a hard time. They've just not done it, but they just haven't really done a lot of like female led things, and that's been a big criticism of them. And it's weird that it took this long for like a, a female centric movie to come out. Um, I saw a review or a, uh, an interview with Kevin Feige that he had mentioned that um, she was in an early draft of Age of Ultron. That essentially, I think what they were going to do is Nick Fury was going to page her uh, for that instead of like he, like he does for an, an Infinity War. Um, and that's one of the questions that's been proposed to Michael uh, to, uh, to Kevin Feige now is that um, you know why didn't Nick Fury call her whenever the aliens were pouring in from the portal in Avengers? Um, yeah. And there's there's some things about that too that, that he kind of answered if you want to go look at it, but I don't want to spoil all of them because there's some stuff I guess leading into Endgame uh, for that and they kind of explain it. But um, uh, it's kind of like the only thing I could say for why they placed this in the '90s like they did is like they didn't really know when to do her origin story. Like to me, as I said, like not only is this movie like to me quality of Phase One, it, like it would have really fit in with Phase One had she been there, but. Yeah. Looking back on phase one, I'm like, I, we couldn't have gotten here yet. Like, we really needed to build that cosmic realm, for one, through Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. Um, but I feel like they didn't really know how or when to introduce her. So this way they can be like, oh, this kind of led Nick Fury to be Nick Fury that we know him um, with the Avengers mm-hmm. Initiative and with, you know, meeting a superhero for the first time and, like, becoming what he is. Um, and But she also can't be here for, for 20 years because right, she yeah. wasn't here when we just watched that. So it's like, it's almost like a cop out, but it's just like they had to squeeze her in somewhere. And overall, I'm cool with the 90s, so I'm down with it. But yeah, I don't know that there's necessarily like a real reason it had to have been there. So yeah. Um, so I also want to mention, uh, I think her name is Jimma. Mm-hmm. Jimma Chan. Mm-hmm. Jimma Chan. Jimma Chan. Uh, as Minerva. Uh-huh. And uh, holy shit, man. Uh, I think I've got a new crush in my life. Oh, she was. Okay. Uh, what I like to call a classic smoke show, uh, and <laughs> blue skin and all, uh, yeah, you know, you I'll, I'll take it. Nice. Yeah. I, I like to, uh, to have a, a variety of, uh, hot ladies to look at. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? I'll, I'll certainly take that. But, uh, I, I thought she was pretty cool. I was actually kind of surprised that she died when she did. I was expecting her to come back a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, after she she died, but uh, evidently not because she exploded real good uh, in this movie. <laughs> real good and uh, real good, like not even like just okay. It's like real good oh, yeah. explosion. But um, yeah, I thought she looked cool. And um, there was a oh man, well, <laughs> at the beginning of the movie where it has like the crew. It's uh, Minerva and and Carol and John Rog and uh, there's this guy. He's uh, he's he has blue skin, but he has this like white hair on his head and a white yeah. beard. I was like. Wait, is this where we tie in to Tim Allen's Santa Claus? Because it looks just like <laughs> Tim Allen's Santa Claus. <laughs> like, holy shit. We got Santa Claus Cree over here. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, we, I yeah. think you mentioned that before. Like, Marvel, Santa Claus is part of the Marvel Universe, right? Like, he's a, is he like a, a mutant or something? Uh, Santa? Yeah. Um, man, I, I can't recall. I can't recall now. But yeah, in the comics, he is he is a, a, a character that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Much like vampires. Maybe so. they just like snuck him in there. Like, I don't remember them saying his name. Maybe at the end, it's just like uh-huh. Santa played by this guy. And it's like, wait, what? Santa was like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like an, a part where he has to like go away because it's Christmas time and he's like, I'll be back, but I got to go do this yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Didn't realize that, but that, it, yeah, blew that like, open. They were like, Santa, you do this every. <laughs> 
365 days. Why do you keep doing this? He's like, uh, I don't know. Uh? <laughs> so bringing it back together, too, because I had brought up Buzz Lightyear. But now Santa Claus, played by Tim Allen, is apparently in this movie. So it's like uh-huh. a different yeah. side of that role. But um, it's like er- yeah. early on in, in this podcast, we established the uh, the Taku, which is the Tim mm. Allen cinematic uni- uh, universe. Mm-hmm. So and there was an extra C in there. I don't remember yeah, what I know. that stood for. But uh, yeah, so I think this is getting rolled into that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's yeah. more power to him, man. I just everything should be connected. More power. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You do that pretty well. I gotta say, I mean, like, I, 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 you do a lot of voices really well, but that, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted to mention real quick about the music. Um, yeah. I did like the soundtrack, but I, uh, the score was a little lacking to me as well. It was just, it was just kind of serviceable. Um, yeah. I had thought that uh, again. My brother Danny not only like fueled my love of movies and stuff, but uh, he fueled my love of. Uh, scores and, and soundtracks throughout the years. Um, he was like in band and stuff uh, growing up, and he's always really liked that kind of stuff. So I've really taken to those, and I listen to a lot of movie scores. Um, I have a pretty extensive playlist on Spotify. I've been building it up because I've been watching a lot of the Marvel movies and realized like how many of the scores, like for Captain America especially, uh, those different movies um, that I really liked their scores. Uh, and this one, I just I remember thinking at a certain point in the movie that I was like, man, I've barely even noticed it. Like, it just feels kind of there. Yeah. And I got home and I listened to it, which I usually don't really do right after a movie. And um, every once in a while, you know, scores, they all kind of, like, there's songs that sound kind of similar. Or, like, you might not notice, like, it went on to a new theme or a new track or whatever. And I'll realize, like, oh, I'm on a new track. It's different. It's not as punchy or whatever. Now it's, like, more somber because of the scene. Uh, but I, I was listening to it and reading about Captain Marvel and it went through five different tracks, and I didn't even realize I was on a different song at all the entire time. Oh, really? Like, it really just yeah. felt like it was just kind of there. And I, I actually added it to my list because I liked it a li- at least a little bit when I listened to it by itself, but there wasn't much, like, remarkable about, remarkable about it. Um, and I think that's kind of a missed opportunity because I like a lot of the, the different Marvel scores. Um, so it was, I, I don't know, that, that might be fine to some people, but um, it's something I definitely listen to. And like notice, and I just thought that was one of the things I was just. And then Danny mentioned it when I, we were talking yesterday. Just like it was just kind of there, you know, but nothing really that that great. Yeah. So okay, yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. There wasn't anything that really like stood out to me, but also um, I <laughs> I typically don't pay attention to the scores sure. a lot of the time when I watch a movie um, until I see it a few times. Like the Avengers theme didn't really stick with me the first time mm. I saw that movie or maybe the first couple of times. But now every time I hear that score, I get the chills yeah. and that's something that, that plays up later in this movie as well. But, um, I, uh, I wanted to mention that, uh, Lee Pace shows up as Ronan, the accuser in this movie as well. And I remember like during the casting for it, that uh-huh. he was going to be in this and I thought, Oh, okay, well maybe he'll have a chance to flesh out his character a little bit more than he was able to do in yeah. guardians. Cause they really didn't, he was just like evil to be evil, mm-hmm. you know, in that movie. Um, it's one of the, the Marvel villain problems. But um, like by the time he's introduced in this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I for- yeah, he's in this movie. I totally yeah. forgot about that. And we see him without the uh, like the black markings on his face. Uh, and I was like, OK, so maybe we'll see how he gets that. And then eventually he like shows up and he's like, 
not today, Satan, and yeah. he, like, leaves or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so I guess maybe we'll see him later down the road or yeah. whatever. Um, but, yeah, by the time he showed up, I was like, oh, so they've they've got to do something with him. I'm really not, uh, like, w- there's already enough stuff going on, mm-hmm. so are they just going to, like, switch switch gears? And really, they didn't. He just literally shows up and uh, leaves because he's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gonna get his ass wiped you know so <laughs> so he takes off um yeah he didn't really do much for for the story at all um i don't know i can't remember exactly that's the only thing i'd, I'd have to rewatch it to remember exactly how it all fits in the plot and stuff but it could have been any Cree, like general or whatever basically there yeah. like it, it it was uh not much of an expansion for his role um uh, you did hit on yeah. something that i was curious about that I, i'm glad you mentioned because um, this movie though, to me, um, when I was watching it and not really fully digging it, um, it made me think that this was, uh, it's kind of like the beginning of how they're going to shape up the phases from here on out, like phase four and on where they, they've talked about, we're just going to get weird. Things are going to change. Like we know people are going to die or change. It seems like maybe like mantles are going to change hands and stuff and the next, uh, movie and, uh, and this one felt like the expansion of like a real comic book universe in the movies, where uh, in particular this one thing didn't bother me, but it, I just noted it as like a change in, in Marvel movies. So uh, Fury comes and he's talking to her, and then at one point he says to someone, he holds up his badge, and he says, like, we're here with S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah. we had already established, uh, and maybe even with like Captain America, they... They, I don't remember when they first talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, but, like, remember when we first got introduced to Coulson at the end of Iron Man? Yeah. Right? And they talk about yeah, that. I know exactly what you're right? going to say, yeah. Where they say out the whole name, the strategic homeland, whatever, like, all that stuff, and she's like, wow, that's a mouthful, and he's like, yeah, we're working on it. And then it's a reveal later that they've, like, shortened it to S.H.I.E.L.D., and it felt like it wasn't just like he wasn't saying it. It's really like they hadn't, like, nailed it down or whatever. But now... yeah. It's a prequel to that, right? But and Fury is just saying Shield as of nothing. But we, as the audience, all know that already. And it would be weird for mm-hmm. him to call back to that joke. Like I thought, if they had changed that and tried to make it canon and be like him call the strategic homeland, blah blah blah, it'd be like, well, that's weird, and it wouldn't play the same way that it did in Iron Man uh, at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause people have forgotten about the general public, you know. Uh, but I was like, that's the thing in comic books is like comic timelines and stuff can get all kind of mixed up, like. You can you can change things around, like you said with Ronan. Like to me, I was just like, yeah, he was kind of a throwaway character in this, whatever. But I didn't even think about like, oh, they might bring him back. But they certainly could. Like eventually, there's nothing to yeah. say that they need to keep propelling forward. They could do a lot more. Like we wanted the Ant Man movie in like the '60s or '70s. They could do more of that and like be like, oh, this whole thing we thought this whole time has actually been wildly different. We just didn't know it or whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued where that goes. But also, it's like. I feel like we've had more of a linear line up through Endgame, and maybe that's kind of what they're saying when it's going to get weird. Like maybe they're going to open it up a little bit more and just do more stories. I don't know what'll end up happening. It'd be interesting to see where they go. But I thought this was kind of like the first step in that, where they're just like, you know, what we're going to tell this story about her in the '90s that's related and it has the Tesseract in it, has Fury in it, and all that stuff, but not necessarily so far as like a real forward momentum for Endgame, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I thought it was interesting that, like, I have expected 
this movie to end with Carol being put in some kind of stasis mm. that she gets awoken from uh, for Endgame. But no, she's just out and about and uh, traveling the galaxies, trying to uh, find a new home world for the scrolls. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it was cool. I thought that, yeah. wow, they if they do a sequel, they could set this like anytime between now and uh, like whenever we last saw her in uh, at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe she just doesn't age because of her power set or something mm-hmm. or her, her age is slowed. I don't know. I'm not really all yeah. worried about it, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. What, what did you think about uh, how Fury lost his eye? We finally found, found out in the movies how Nick Fury lost his eye. Uh, I thought it was funny. They, they did one early on where he, I don't remember what it was. They get, he gets punched or in a car wreck or something that scratches it at first. He's like bloody. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, it's all right. And then it's fine. And you're like, okay, cool. It wasn't it. It was like a little misdirection. Um, I kept thinking specifically though, I loved that it, cause I had just watched the Captain America movies and whenever he pulls his eye patch off, uh, and at the end of winter soldier to use his eye as like the retinal scan, um, mm-hmm. he said something like the last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye or whatever. It might've been in a different part of the movie too, <laughs> but I think it's right there. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. So I kept being like, who's it going to be? Like I was always searching for that specific yeah. line. And I thought it was, I thought it was cute. I liked it. Uh, that the cat thing did it um that goose did it yeah um yeah i i when it happened i was like oh that's gonna be it and then they they just kind of like went like colson brings him to the fake eyes and stuff so yeah i dug that yeah okay yeah i thought it was uh was silly but i was like "Eh, whatever like i (laughs) also wasn't like super invested on on that yeah um it's kind of like when we found out how uh chewy got his nickname in the solo movie i was like oh, oh yeah. fuck <laughs> shit it was right there the whole time yeah uh, no yeah I, I i thought it was fine it, it explains the, yeah uh, the scratches on his face as well um but uh i do like that uh colson came to him later in the uh at, at, toward the end of the movie gave him all of the uh, the fake eye options mm-hmm. it was like so did uh is that really how you you got your or lost your eyes by uh, refusing to give up information oh, yeah. to like, Kree intelligence or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I can neither confirm nor deny that rumor. Yeah. And so he just like lets it sit out there. So I thought that was I, pretty I cool. liked that part more than I think the actual cat doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just a cat, yeah. Stephen. It's a flurkin. A flurkin. A flurkin cat. Oh, man. Yeah. So this is, and that's something this that, is a comic thing, that, right? That come, yes, yeah. So in the comics... Um, uh, Carol flies into space and has a stowaway, which is her cat Chewy, uh, renamed to Goose for this movie, which probably fits more. Mm-hmm. It's a, a tip of the hat to Top Gun uh, Goose. Yeah. Goose is called name like of that. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a cat with uh, yeah. It, it's essentially what you see in this movie. You've mm-hmm. got like this cat shaped yep. creature with uh, ooh show title cat shaped creature. There we go. <laughs> uh, so you've got this uh, uh, tentacle like series of tentacles that fly out of this cat's mouth and uh yeah they just store a bunch of stuff in it mm-hmm. um and i was very surprised to to see that on film i uh <laughs> i thought that was pretty yeah. badass i like that yeah and i liked uh when you first like F- fury is like so funny with it my whole the whole audience was like cracking up when he first sees it and he's just like oh little kitty and all that stuff yeah. on the ground um and uh whenever like he's carrying it around the whole time and then the uh scrolls are like terrified of it uh, the whole time after mm-hmm. that. And I, I knew that it was something. I didn't know 
the design either from the yeah. comics or the or the movies. Um, so I didn't know what it was going to be. I expected I I'd heard it was like some type of magical creature or something like that. So. I didn't expect like the tentacles and all that stuff, uh, but I liked it when it happened. I was like, "Oh, that's funny!" And like, I think they played it well. And uh, I loved that it becomes the like vessel for why they hold the tesseract the way they can or whatever. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm down yeah. with that." So <laughs> it was it was pretty silly, but you know, it, it works for for this movie for this uh, yeah uh, series of movies. I think you know it just ridiculous yeah. enough that it, it kind of worked same way that fury loses his eye that way like i think they're going they're just going more weird with it like people are accepting more yeah. um like i feel like if you look at the avengers movie i feel like the avengers movie is actually pretty serious the first one uh and grounded yeah. in how they approach things like it has aliens for the first time and it has like gods uh more than we've even seen i think in thor and all that leading up to it um and it was kind of a new thing, but they were like, yeah, we have this new magical world, but like it still felt pretty grounded. And over time, they've gotten more and more away from that. And I, I think they needed that time in the movies they've done, like with Guardians and Ragnarok and all this stuff to like bring it to where it is. But uh, now it's like, I, I certainly just, yeah, I'm like, I'm down for it if it's silly or whatever. It's like, that's a fun explanation for Fury. It's a fun like thing for the cat to do. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, the the last thing I want to mention before we get to the uh, the in credit stuff, at least on my notes, uh-huh. is that uh, Annette Benning as the supreme intelligence mm-hmm. is uh, quite a bit different looking than how she appears in the in the comics. Oh, okay. Um, and Stephen, I'm actually going to send you a picture okay. of the comics version of the supreme intelligence. So um, in, <laughs> in the comics, she's she's essentially a a, a wow. giant green like head with these like weird dick tentacles sure. coming off of the the skull um and i don't know if it's ever been established as having a gender <laughs> yeah. but um yeah it's just like w- way different and i was like man i wonder i wonder if we are going to get that in this movie uh we didn't but it's not to say that we won't later yeah. on because we've got howard the duck in this universe we've got rocket raccoon mm-hmm. we've got a flurkin yeah uh, you know we've got all of these oddities mm-hmm. so what's what's one more green <laughs> It looks like a, a green, uh, a giant ass green potato <laughs> with, with hentai tentacles coming out of its head. And like, so we'll, we'll yeah. tweet and, uh, and, uh, post a picture to our social media. This being does not look very happy to be this way. Like it's not a no. smile, a smile. No, no, no. <laughs> no you just sit in, in a vat of chemicals <laughs> that like is, I'm sure is like full of your excretions. Yeah. You know, it's just. Not good. Yeah, not not a good time. Not a good. So look. the supreme intelligence, though, is that from the comics uh, as a, an entity, I guess, and how the Kree are? Is that like how does, how do they shape up in the movie versus comics? Uh, so yeah, the supreme intelligence is the. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily like a deity, but it's the leader of the the Kree. It's the um, the, the the being they get all of their um, orders from, mm-hmm. essentially. So, and they try to protect the supreme intelligence at all cost. Right on. Um, yeah, or they get fucked by these tentacles. What? Like it's just very graphic. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was cool. Like, we talk about how many awesome people are in the MCU, and Annette Benning is now. So, that's rad. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. That's I was totally cool with that. Um, she doesn't, I don't think she gets a ton to do, though. Um, when I saw her name in the credit, or, you know, like in the cast list and everything before, like, I thought she'd play a major role, but. Uh, it's mostly through like flashbacks and then those those interactions when it's Annette Benning as the 
supreme intelligence, uh, like the form it takes for uh, Captain Marvel. So um, I, uh, I I kind of expected more from her, but I liked what she got, um, and I liked uh, kind of how it shapes up. Um, one of my issues with the movie, uh, with the story or whatever, is um, you know we kind of start with Brie Larson as essentially a Cree. We don't really know what she is, but we we know she's human from like the trailers. Even like we know that's going to be the the eventual thing, and um, she's part of this war. And then you know when she meets the the scrolls and they basically talk to her and they're like, "We're not terrorists. We're uh, you know we're actually like refugees, and you guys have been like persecuting us and following us around. We just like want a home and to be peaceful and stuff, but we have to fight you guys." I felt like it. it came, she accepted that a little too easily. Like I I was like, "But where? Like why would you just believe him?" And it shapes up like I, I kept expecting like a double cross, I guess, that it was like he's lying to her as well. Yeah. And then it just turns out like, no, like he has a kid and it's all like nice and all the stuff and the wife and whatever. And, and that, uh, you know, we find out like Annette Bening's, you know, human counterpart or whatever um, had basically, you know, been actually a Cree on, on Earth doing some experiments and had realized uh, this as well and, and come to try to protect the scrolls. But I just I kept expecting like I kept not realizing not not believing that that was going to be it because there wasn't really any proof for it. Um, but then I liked the story of that that she is also like a Cree who realized the error of their ways and is trying to help them and stuff. So um, that part I, I kind of dug like that she has like this floating invisible spaceship in Earth's atmosphere. Um, yeah, you know I was like that's cool. I'm down with that. Um, did you have any other notes before we go into the uh, the post credit scenes? Um, you wanted to get into? Yeah, I don't think so. I think we can just go ahead and go to those. It's fine. Okay. So um, we are back to having one mid-credit scene, one post-credit scene, one being a joke, the other moving the uh, story of the MCU forward or teasing upcoming events, maybe. Um, so <laughs> the uh, there's we have the stylized credits, and the mid-credit scene is actually, I was surprised that they put this as the, the mid-credits, mm. but I guess maybe they're trying to get people hyped for Endgame, but yeah, we have a direct tie-in to Endgame. I don't know if this is actual footage from that movie, I know, or yeah. if this is shot separately from that. But um, either way, I was surprised to see uh, Chris Evans show mm-hmm. up. Uh, so it's a uh, Cap, Black Widow, and uh, Bruce Banner all looking at the space pager. Uh, they've recovered it from um, wherever Fury was and are looking at it, poking it with various sticks mm-hmm. and. Uh, adjusting their two monocles and like, huh, we don't know what this <laughs> yeah. is. And, um, and, uh, Black Widow says, as soon as we figure out what this does, I want some answers. And as she turns, the camera pans over and Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is standing there and says, where's young Fury? Yo, she <laughs> has a backwards she baseball hat on. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really played well in my audience. Yours. Oh man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And they, and then they, launched right into Young Fury's song right after that. It was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ghost Riding the Whip. Oh, it was man. incredible. <laughs> it was badass. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so that was uh, was leading right into to Endgame. And uh, man, I am so fucking Yes. Pumped. And the only thing that bothers me is that we have to wait all the way until <laughs> next month to see this it's movie. It's a lot. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you there. It's going to be a long yeah. time. Afterwards, uh, Amanda didn't realize when it was uh, coming on, and she was like, oh, man, how long do we have to wait? And I was like, it's, it's next month. And she was like, a month? And I was like, I know, it's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
much and better. Then the, the final the final scene the the post credit scene all the way after you've told someone to shush in the theater yeah. and have decided to just remain seated next to them sure. uh, for an additional eight minutes uh we've got the uh the joke scene where we have an obviously cgi cat uh <laughs> goose the cat uh hop up on nick fury's desk and uh throw up the tesseract mm-hmm. and uh, like you were saying that is how uh shield comes into possession of it i suppose so I w- when the test wreck showed up again as like fueling uh, Annette Bening's uh, projects and stuff that she was working on the Lightspeed engine, um, it it caused me and I was I was talking to Amanda's family afterwards because they don't like her parents especially don't you know follow the the series as much as I do and I was like I watch these movies all the time and I had to like rack my brain and be like all right where was the Tesseract before this and where is it <laughs> after it like when do I remember seeing it. And the last we yeah. saw, if I recall, before this was Howard Stark getting it on the ocean floor. And do we know anything since then up until we see it again in, um, what, a- Avengers? Like, and, and, and timeline-wise, is that the next modern time that we see it? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good question. So, So this is in there somewhere... I was seeing like people online were like now so again like, like I was saying like and and extending these stories into like doing more things and changing things we thought like essentially we thought it was like a big part of Captain America the first Avenger Cap you know it falls out of the plane that Cap has to ground it falls into the ocean mm-hmm. Howard Stark picks it up and then we see it years later like decades later and they're working with it and stuff but now we know that Annette Bening had it for a while like on a space station a hidden space station. And it was yeah. orbit. So, you know, how did she get it? Like, there's a whole nother thing we have to like explain later, but it's, it's not like a plot hole. It's fun. It's like, Oh, now there's like another, another story out there, you know? Yeah. So, so, so did she break into shield and get it and then take it back to yeah. like orbiting space? And how do they not know it was gone or whatever, you know? And then she just put like a, a Rubik's cube in its spot. Oh, that'll do it. People yeah. are like, this magical thing, I can't touch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I, I expected actually the cat, it seemed like that was like the same, like it seemed like that happened like right, like in 95. Uh, I don't know if it was, it seemed like it was his same desk or whatever. Um, I expected mm-hmm. that cat to kind of hold on to it for a while before uh, hacking it up at the end. Uh, oh, no. Like as the owner of a cat, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, they, 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 barf it up pretty quick <laughs> if they need to if, like something's oh, yeah. in their tummy they need to get rid of yeah yeah they just yeah they're like here it is get rid of this there's yep there's someone in my life it's i thought it was sarah and it but it might be brandy i don't know there's someone in my life who really does not like throwing up or like retching sounds and stuff hmm. uh it might be just another friend of mine but uh i was like that scene is gonna bother some people because it, it literally there's a yeah. now there's an end credit scene in the Marvel universe of a cat throwing something up. That's the scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the one good thing is like that person could watch this movie, watch it through mm-hmm. the uh, in-game preview, and then just be done yeah. with it and never have to see that again. Yeah. You know. And they'll probably avoid so. it, but yeah, I was like, I bet there's some people like like ran out of the theater like fuck that, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I thought it was clever. I thought it was. I thought it was cute. Uh, yeah. And then it's like gross and slimy when it comes out on his desk or whatever. But um, yeah. I have been, that's another thing I've been confused about with the Tesseract. Um, who can actually hold it and what devices can hold it? Because in mm-hmm. uh, Captain America, there's like, that's the thing is like uh, the Red Skull 
actually holds it in his hand, and that's what makes him like disappear, mm-hmm. and, like go into space. But then, and then other times it seems like they have it like in a special holding case. But in this movie, they put it in a tin lunchbox, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I think like in between the first Captain America movie and this this movie, Captain Marvel, the two caps, mm-hmm. um, they uh, it went through some type of laminating machine, oh. made it not as like toxic <laughs> to handle, but you can still like see through it. Sure. Okay, know. that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, they stop by a Kinko's at some point and they're like, Hey, we got this cube. Yeah. Laminated it up. Oh yeah. Kinko's was a thing right? back then. I yeah. know that was, that was around. Yeah. yeah. Works. Oh, good call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just deleted, it'll think, be a deleted scene. It'll come out. Do you think there's like a, uh, like a reality where Marvel made this movie and it was set like, like a thousand years in the future and, uh, it was Carol Danvers like crashing through a Netflix building. <gasps> <laughs> instead of a blockbuster and people were like yeah we totally had Netflix buildings <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely I think that is it yeah. exists somewhere mm-hmm. okay good as long as it all makes sense that's really yep. all I'm after absolutely uh, okay. alright so anything else that you wanted to mention on this film you know I want to I want to kind of go out on a, on a high note I want to say um, I, I again I liked Brie Larson as the role I am excited for Endgame and her role in that, I think she like uh, I saw an interview with Kevin Feige where he mentioned that she is like the strongest superhero we've seen so far. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she can like fly in space, and she's probably kicking ass for the twenty years uh, around the galaxy mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, I think I think he meant wiping ass. Why she's she's wiping, wiping ass, ass um, taking yep. names, and. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see more of her adventures. Um, I, I just wasn't blown away like I expected for this, but um, but I did like uh, a lot of aspects. And I, I think that when I go back and, and watch it again, it'll grow on me and I'll, I'll be fine with it or whatever. But uh, but it, it was fun. It was funny. Um, I liked uh, the relationship uh, she had with her, her old best friend, the other fighter pilot. Um, I thought they had some like touching okay. moments. Um, yeah, yeah. And I liked her. Rambo, um, as we call her. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I liked it. I, um, just didn't love it, but I, I respect anybody that did. And I hope it's a, a good movie for you to watch all the time. So, uh, the audience can't see this, but Steven is holding up both of his middle, middle fingers <laughs> at the, at the screen, uh, gritting his teeth the entire time. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be vocally in support of this movie, but I want to say, fuck you, Brent. <laughs> just not let anybody else know it. But I just did it now, but like, since you called me out, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's important. It's part of the show. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Uh, do you have any other thoughts, kind of just overall what you dug about it? No, I, uh, I enjoyed watching the movie and even discussing this with you, mm-hmm. uh, and you said you hated this movie. Yeah. Uh, I really, uh, <laughs> just even thinking back on it, I, I, I still like it. So. Right um, I don't know. Hashtag progressive values, I guess. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I did struggle with that cause I'm not a Wonder Woman fan. And then this one, I was like, it's not that though. She's a cool character. <laughs> I just wanted more from the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I think from like in game and then like any sequels to this movie, like now that the origins out mm-hmm. there, now that you know what, what's going on with this character and, and she's established herself, figured out her power set, all of that stuff. 
now we can move on with yeah. new stories and whatnot. So yeah, it, uh, it, origin movies are hard. They hard are to do because especially when they're a part of this connected universe, it's like, okay, so now we got to ramp up to see this character get their powers and mm-hmm. figure out all of this stuff. So I, I get it. I think that, um, Dr. Strange suffered for that a little bit and it felt kind of like it was just like Iron Man with Dr. Strange anyway. Um, but, uh, or even even kind of Batman aspects where he's like going off and trying to learn things, whatever, and, and some mystic temple and everything. But yeah. um, I think that they it's a it's a hard thing for them to do to introduce more characters on their own origin movies this far into it. Uh, but they're obviously yeah. going to be doing that, and maybe they'll get better at it. But I, I think they did better with that with both Black Panther and Spider Man uh, in Civil War, and then leading into their movies that weren't origin stories; they were just stories about them. I thought that was a better formula. And they were better mm-hmm. movies for it, but also they were just better movies, perhaps. Um, yeah. But I think that they've, yeah, it's okay, and we need to be like, yeah, they're going to introduce new characters, but maybe they need to figure out better ways for it, um, kind of moving forward. But uh, there is yeah. one more thing I wanted to mention. I do love, and I, some other reviews I saw were, were like, this is a good movie, but in the end it finally like ramps up and it's like what you want. And I do love at the end... After they keep showing throughout the whole movie all these scenes of her as a little kid being knocked down or like crashing the go kart and all the stuff and uh, falling at the ropes course whenever she was like in the military and everything and basically all these people all these men in her life telling her she can't do that or not to get up and why she's been trying and then finally like that that scene where it shows her each time getting up uh, and yeah. going after it again and then like leading into her being like a fucking badass in this movie. I thought that played very well and it could have been cheesy, but I was like, it was inspiring and it was like fucking badass. Um, so I, I did see more of like the light of what, what this could be and her character could be at the end of it. Um, I just think the origin stories, yeah, were a little lacking. It's just, and it's just kind of tough sometimes Mm -hmm. with that. Um, but very excited to see where she goes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, oh yeah, that you saying that reminded me of two things. So there's, there's the guy that shows up on the motorcycle when she's like trying to Uh that map and figure out where she needs to go. And he's like, Hey, uh, give me a smile. (laughs) And, uh, she just like ignores him and uh, eventually steals his motorcycle and shit. Uh, and, uh, the other thing I, and I didn't notice this until after the fact is like, there's no love interest for our, our main hero. Mm hmm which is like atypical of most superhero movies. And um, I think most people, when they hear um, like a, a, a female-led film, it's like, oh, who's the love interest going to be? Mm-hmm. It was no one. It was fine. I, yeah, like, I didn't even miss it at I, all until you mentioned it. Yeah. 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 So uh, it can be done. Yeah. You know what? We can have female-led movies that's not just pure, pure romance, mm-hmm. like a lot of people probably imagine. So, uh, yeah, like. It was, it was badass. It, it wasn't, yeah, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it, and that's a testament to it as well, I think, because it's, it didn't even feel, it wasn't missing for sure, but it didn't even feel like they should have gone there, like, oh, where was that? It's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. they just did the story, and she's, she's, it, it's more like, I liked the, her and her, her, like, flight partner, because, um, although they do call attention to, uh, like, female aspects of her being, like, told not to do things, and that's a big part of it. They it didn't feel to me like a feminist movie as much as a human movie. They're all just people, or like not even humans, like the scrolls. Like they're they're all like mm-hmm. peoples who who have feelings and stuff, and 
do things or whatever. Um, it just felt like, uh, yeah, she's just a fighter pilot. She's just, you know, she, she is all these awesome things without having to be like, she's an awesome female fighter pilot. They mentioned those cause that's like the world she lived in or whatever. But, um, I liked how they kind of portrayed things. It's just like, no, this is just how it is or whatever. Yeah. So for sure. Dug it, dug it. Awesome. Mm, cool. All right. Okay, well, let's uh, wrap it up then here. So uh, if you would, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Were you doing a lasso? Yeah, <coughs> you said wrap it up. I was. Am I dying? Are you doing a lasso? I'm dying. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so if you have a show suggestion, question, comment, dog picture, show selfie, pop culture, combat contender, or something specific you want us to discuss, be sure to contact us. And Stephen, while I clear my yeah, throat for the 800th that. time for this time change, <laughs> can you uh, tell them what email address we're at, please? Uh, yeah, you can send that to Let's Talk About Stuff podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LTASpod. You can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at StephenFisher22. And you can follow Brent on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. Yeah, that's right. Oh, see? I cleared my, cleared my throat. This is what I sound like now. Oh, jeez. Brett went through a, uh, a change on this show, this episode. This, mark, this, mark this time. This is him from now on. I just looked, I looked it up, and it says <laughs> I've hit reverse puberty. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> there's, there's other things I want to say there, but I, I won't get into the grossness of uh, puberty. <laughs> but uh, I like the voice, though. I'm down for that. Oh, thanks, pal. <laughs> I think our listeners are going to like it, too. For, for every yeah. episode, I mean. Moving forward. This, oh, yeah, from now on, this won't get old at all, ever. Well, uh, next week, uh, you can hear Brent talk like this, uh, talking about Fast Five. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. That really worked, actually. I was down for that one. That was good. Uh, but yeah, excited to talk about that, obviously. We, uh, we've been really digging watching the series together. Um, so next week, come back and listen to Fast Five. Listen to Brent's uh, awesome uh, manly voice. Don't want to say anything otherwise. And uh, anything else for you, Brent? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Yay. got a sync word unless you've got one that you would prefer to use please okay so in honor of the movie we've watched i think there's no better sync phrase than your ass then wait then what your ass your ass <laughs> it was a punchline i feel like in the movie. i feel like it, it glitched for a second i heard grass and i was like grass for what i don't know what he's talking right. about but when was that in the movie <laughs> And I was, like, searching for it. My bad. Yeah, that sounds good. This is starting out real well. Oh, yeah, and you're frozen again. Cool, yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, there was a, a weird matrixy delay there. Excellent, excellent. <clears throat> All right, cool, okay. yeah. Ready for that. Okay, so your ass on three. <laughs> All right, one, two, three. Your, your ass. ass. Yeah, that was good. Uh, good sync, too. We were right on there. Yeah, perfect. I feel pretty good about All that. All right. 
did it freeze. Okay. <laughs> it was just you like adjusting in your seat a couple of times, like super fast. I'm like, holy shit, it's trippy as hell. Uh, well, you um, did take acid before the show, so. Yeah, fuck, that's, I gotta stop yeah. doing that. Yes, that's really throwing me off. <laughs> I'm like, shit, maybe I'll have a couple of waffles for breakfast. And then I look over on the shelf next to it. I'm like, Ooh, or acid. Yeah. Like, mm, people, this, is, this is the this is the good shit. People are like, oh, the whole duck banker, duck clergy thing makes so much more sense now. Brent's been on acid mm. the whole time. Okay. It's what I like to call the Hell's Angels at Altamont uh, breakfast is a... Uh, well, something for me. Oh, man. Take that, take that bad acid, and uh, do a podcast. I think is <laughs> is how uh, how it's intended to run. That'd be so weird. We uh, we forgot to mention mm. that uh, Gal Gadot was supposed to be on this episode. Oh, but we uh, unfortunately she wasn't able to make it. So mm-hmm. you know we had to uh, to move on without her. But uh, it's real weird. Like I sent the invitation to her. But it's it's almost like it was rejected by the post office because I just hmm. threw it in the mail. I, I put uh, two gal uh, quotes, Wonder Woman, Godot, uh, in the mail, no address. Mm, sure. And I said, please open in a timely manner. It is of the utmost importance. Mm-hmm. And uh, like on the back of the envelope, I uh, drew a bomb with a lit fuse you know that yeah. showed like it's important. yeah like time is ticking yeah. away right uh-huh. it came back to me <laughs> i had these guys show up at my house huh. with these yeah with these uh these uh coats that said uh some like acronym on it i, I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was but they had uh, they all had sunglasses they had to come in my house and they were like were you trying to threaten a celebrity and i was like yeah, like Pat Sajak? Yeah, I was going after that motherfucker. And they were like, no, 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 no. Somebody else. I was like, uh, I don't think so. And they asked me about that. Long story short, yeah. like, Gal couldn't make it this this go round. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I know she wanted to be here. So, you know, maybe next time. I, I know Wonder Woman 2 is coming out, uh, what, next year or something like mm-hmm. that. So maybe we'll, I mean, like, more than likely we'll have her on. Yeah. When she's doing, like, a yeah. press round for that one. When she tops in Broken Arrow. Yeah. Or Houston. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either way. Um, would you like to say anything to Pat Sajak right now? <sighs> Pat Sajak? More like Shat Sajak. Oh! Look, it had to be said. <laughs> I uh, I had a question for you, Brent. Okay. We talked a lot about... I love questions. We talked a lot about Young Fury. Mm-hmm. Do you think Young Fury would have sounded more like Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff or like NWA? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, I would say because Fury is a fully adult man at this point, mm-hmm. I would say he would be more old school Fresh Prince. That's kind of what I Princh? wondered. Fresh Prince? Yeah. Princh. Yeah, Fresh Prince. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he would be more like old school, like uh, fun and funky hip-hop as opposed to uh to the the angrier stuff just because he mm-hmm. probably didn't grow up with that you know mm-hmm. but uh but yeah because in general yeah. i would think like sam jackson would be more more like nwa uh that's because he does oh, yeah. seem angrier or like he would fit in that but then when i thought about fury and that character in the timeline of it i was like yeah but like like the 80s 
uh, kind of leading mm-hmm. in, you know, I, I think he'd be more mm-hmm. part of that kind of crew. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the current like modern uh, Nick Fury is into NWO. And, and of course, that stands for Nicholas with attitude. Yeah. As we know. So that's true. Um, you could try to claw it out by a, yeah. a flirk and you're going to be pissy about yeah. it a little bit. You know? Absolutely. And so, don't yeah. call him Nicholas. No. That he's not Do, like that. Yeah, no. They, they really laid down yeah. that down pretty thick in the movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to come back. I want someone to call him Nicky. I want to see oh, the reaction yeah. of that. He didn't mention that one. Yeah. He said, like, no Nick and no Nicholas, right? Just Fury. Yeah. But And then, yeah, somebody's like, what about Nicky? He's like, oh, yeah, that's oh, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, you know what? Actually. Actually. That's the one. No one's ever that's called what me that. I, but I left it open. I said, no Nick, no Nicholas. I was like, guys, get the picture. Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. I love so. being called Stevie. So. Yeah. And by love it, I mean, I fucking hate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she shook her head. No, too. Yeah, uh, Savannah, Savannah, Amanda, whatever. Uh, they're the same. Uh, yeah. Savannah was very unhappy about that. <laughs> they're the same. <laughs> I, I get it's a, it's, mixed a, up. it's a girl that's around here sometimes yeah. is what you mean right i get it like yeah. like mm-hmm. i get it mixed up like a like a parent would like a mom would specifically yeah. you know when they're going through all the kids names mm-hmm. and the dog's names and they get to your name finally it's like uh their names are close savannah amanda i kind of entertain them on accident sometimes it happens yeah so it's gonna happen yeah that's what it is yeah mm-hmm. okay all right well, uh, I think this is uh, enough of a dumb outtake. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, little kitty. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah.